Hi, True Believers. This is Stan Lee, and I got to tell you, when I'm not web-swinging with Spidey or busting through walls with the Hulk, I'm spending my time enjoyably listening to the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. <laughs> That's All awesome. <laughs> Due to the adult subject matter of the following program, some listeners may find the content offensive, outrageous, or unsuitable. You know, like religious freaks, uptight losers, or little wussy mama's boys. Please listen responsibly. You're listening to the Vocal Minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're hot. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is good. You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice tonight. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time until we're on? What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes, indeed, he's up. He's ready to jump on in and say hello. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. Harness, like you put on a horse. Yes, harness like you put on a horse. Olive Hi there. Like you put on a horse or like you put on your favorite podcast list. So thank you for doing that. Ride with us for a couple hours, will you? Please. Ah, Welcome back. Yes. Uh, TheVocalMinority.net is the main website for this show, and you can find us on all the social media platforms. Uh, I have been slacking this past week. My humble apologies to all, but uh, more new clips to come, everybody. Thanks, Steve. Hey, you're welcome. I try. Sometimes I have to do things in life, though, besides this. You it do? Pains me, but yeah. Well, I have a real job, uh, and then I have another job that I'm doing nowadays, and that's just shoveling snow constantly. <laughs> so. Yeah, Tahoe has just been pummeled with uh, snowfall like I've never seen. I mean, you've obviously... How long have you been in Tahoe now? For like 15 years? 16? 15, it'll be 16 uh, this summer. Is this the worst or close? What? This uh, it's 2017. Everyone talks about as being the most epic winter around here, and this has to match it at, thus far. So yeah, I mean, this has been a monumental winter. Um, I mean, over 300 inches of snow. I've gotten six or seven feet at my house in the past week or so, and I'm just. I, I, I part of me feels like it's a metaphor for my life. I go outside, I do all this work work and then i come out the next day and you can't tell i did anything it's just all right back where i started the day before you're being buried it's a -a whack-a-mole uh snow removal that's what you should name your new company dude i saw you started a new company (laughs) whack-a-mole snow removal yeah every now and again on facebook i go on with big life announcements that are usually actually big life announcements but yesterday i announced everyone i got a new full-time job everybody it's called steve snow removal service Yes. I have one client. He pays me very poorly. <laughs> His last name rhymes with Bizarness. It's Harness. Harness, like you put on a horse. Yeah, we get it, dude. Right. Where the hell is that clip from? How old is that? <laughs> it's real old, dude. Yeah. Uh, so I was listening to some really funny stuff, dude. And I, I don't know when our balls dropped, but it was well into our 20s. Yeah, I've been wondering about that because I listen to some of the old stuff and I feel like our voices have changed a lot. I don't know if that's smoking, vaping, uh, just getting older wiser but uh yeah it could be all of it although i don't feel like your voice changed as much as my voice is that just how my ear hits it do you Uh, feel the same way or my voice has changed but not as much as your voice in my opinion no i agree yeah 
I don't, Brewski, I don't know. I mean, in my head, you sound the same over all these years, but who knows? He sounds the same because uh, when we started with him, he was in his 30s already, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot older. Your balls but, dropped. Yeah, his balls had already dropped. Yes. I've Speaking checked. of uh, snow removal, it sounds like you were doing some in Boston as well. Has it been snowing there? Nothing like Harness has been experiencing, but, you know, you just got to clear it out. And What are we talking it, about? How many, uh, how many inches or whatever? Uh, minimal, like not even an inch, two oh. inches here. And it's like an inch or two here and there. It's, it's nothing like we're, we're accustomed to. It's been a very um, odd winter because, I mean, we've had some days that it's like in the 50s. Oh, well. And it's like it's never that, that warm here during the winter. Are we but talking then the next- like wet, heavy snow or light, flaky snow? What kind? Um, kind of a little bit of mix, a mixture of both. One one time it'll be the light stuff, and the next time it's the wet heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we we tend to get a little more of the wet heavy stuff where I live because we're right we're not too far from the beach, right yeah. by the ocean, yeah. so we get the the ocean air. Yep. Oh so, yeah. I was worried we'd have to come on the show this week and mourn the loss of any <laughs> three of us because I think all three of us could have died in this past week between snow in the mountains here, snow in Boston with Brewski, and we'll get into your story. Uh, and Nick has had epic uh, rainstorms, windstorms, trees falling down. I mean, what the fuck is going on? Global warming, dude. Yeah. Right. It's time to start believing in it, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Nick, turn your mic up just a click. Um, yeah, I will tell you, people, I, I hear a lot of people say like, oh, so the planet's warmed up a degree or two. What difference does that make? And I'll tell you, up here in the mountains, it makes all the difference in the world between rain and snow or wet, heavy snow and light, flaky snow and heart attack snow or powder snow to ski in. Yeah. Joe Rogan's got a great clip that I see uh, from time to time where he has Candace Owens on his show and he's oh, talking boy. to her about global warming. And he was like, Oh, so you, what do you you just don't believe in global warming? And she was like, "Nope, I don't." And he was like, "How come?" And she was like, "Just I just don't." <laughs> he was like, "But why? What what makes you think that it's not a real thing?" And she was like, "I just don't think it's real." Politics. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that is the mentality of a lot of seems to be conservatives these days." I, I don't want to get I don't want to get too scientific, but uh, you know, snow, water, ice has melting points, and if you go above or below it, things happen. So one degree or two does actually make a difference. It's just cyclical. Steve. Yeah. All of life is cyclical. Come on. No, no, your mic still needs to go up another notch. You feel what faint to me. What's going on here? Is that better? Yeah. I mean, I got it jacked, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, well, it's, yeah. What's your that, input? That's all the way up right now. Oh, okay. that oh that, that, that's good. That's better, actually. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm peeking out. I don't know what the hell happened to my mic. I did a radio show earlier. Everything was perfect. Yeah, it's weird. And it definitely sounds like there's a hurricane in your room, but that's all right. We're going to work through all of this. So. <laughs> going to rock you like a hurricane. That's right, baby. So uh, I don't know. Let's start with the least deadly of the three of us. Uh, Nick, how was your uh, West Coast weather experience been treating you with tree removals instead of snow removals? Yeah, well, we had uh, 80 mile an hour winds, uh, which I mean, I'm on a piece of property. I have an acre of property and... Both of these guys know. It's just covered in trees. I mean, old growth trees that are hundreds of feet tall. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not fun being in the house for that because my 
house is all windows, so right. you can't get away from it. You're just watching the trees dance out there, and I know it's good that they're moving. It's good that they, they dance. They're not going to fall, but I lost a few trees on the property, and then I realized uh, I lost a tree over where I exit my driveway, and I didn't realize it because other trees are holding it up, so... <laughs> It could fall at any moment. It's just resting on the branches of another tree. Hey, so, man there. Yeah, this morning I was I went online. I got a chainsaw. I cut trees down. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how to get to this one because it's up on a hill in a weird area. I don't have a place to run after I cut it. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to call someone. Have you guys ever heard of a tree barber chairing? No. I got a lot of tree removal things in this because we live in the forest up here, and it's not cheap, by the way. I'm sorry in advance. But I don't know what barber chairing is, no. Yeah, uh, barber chairing happens a lot with alders, apparently. And you cut the tree, and as you're cutting the tree, it breaks off about 10 feet up. uh, Like, it breaks in half about 10 feet up, and then the tree just falls wherever it wants to. And it, they call it barber chairing because they used to lay barber chairs like way back, so you could shave a man uh, okay, in the yeah. in the chair. Yeah. So the tree actually does that; it just like lays way back. And I watched a couple of videos of b- trees barber chairing and falling on people and crushing them to death. I got you. All right, well, I'm not going to try to avoid that. Yeah, I won't do that. Not to say you're not a professional, but is a professional needed for this particular yes. project? And I am not a professional. I mean, I'm. Uh, I can do uh, well about the size. You know, I don't know, five six inches around is what they say. You should only cut a tree six inches in diameter if you're not a professional. Oh, uh, I see. So yeah. yeah, that's and I try and stay right around there. So you've been playing with your six-inch wood all week. That's cool. <laughs> well, it's better than a three-inch wood, dude. Yeah, I've been playing with my eight-inch wood all week, so, you know, it's all good. Uh, well, I'm glad you survived. Part of me thinks, you know, those trees have been there forever, right? They've survived countless storms. But then I think that just means it's any day now, <laughs> you know, right? So just like yeah. our bodies, dude, as we get older, we get more and more frail. Like right. we're just waiting to die. I have got on my garage, uh, this house I'm at, it has a flat roof on the garage, which is really unheard of up here in the mountains. It was a terrible design. Because this house I'm in, as you can see, is an A-frame. It's a metal roof. I've been hearing snow sliding off all day, which is good, so your house doesn't get crushed. But um, my garage has a flat roof, and I, I was standing next to it, like level with the roof line, and the snow is over my head, and I'm six foot two. So wow. there's, there's seven feet of snow surrounding an entire two-car garage so i don't know how many cubic feet that is but it's a lot of snow yeah and the neighbors yeah fuck yeah it is and we got a lot of wet heavy snow in those layers and my neighbors told me that no one's ever done snow removal up on that garage and it survived all these winters so far (laughs) so i'm like well does that mean i'm foolproof or it's just inevitable like the woods inevitable dude i hate to tell you that I did say that there's some big ass piers in that inside that garage. Like it is well reinforced, but my precious dirt bike is in that garage, so I'm a little nervous about it. It's what insurance is for, dude. Yeah, I know. The Let's neighbor told me to bring the bike inside my house. I'm like, first of all, how would I get it up my 30 flight of stairs? Second of all, I've already got a bike in my house. <laughs> I do. I do already have a bike in my house. But this one doesn't have an engine in it, so it doesn't smell of gas and oil and all that. And this one's easy to take apart because it's all stripped down, so I can bring it upstairs like this. But Doesn't the smell of gas and oil make a brapper like you a little horny? 
It makes me a little horny. I don't know about my house guests, my kids, or uh, anyone else. So, who pays the rent? Yeah, that's fair. Damn. You know, there, there are a lot of guys that are bike builders um, for professional living, and they keep their best car, the best bike parts, or even their their most cherished bikes in the house, yeah. like in in the living room. And like you, you hear the the women that they they date or they're married to saying, "When I met him, you know, all the motorcycles were inside the house, and you know, they didn't go yeah. outside to ride, you know." When I first got divorced, my first house didn't have a garage, and I had this crazy plan of, like, the third bedroom. Sorry, kids, you're sleeping in the same room because that third room's going to be, you know, my dirt bike room. But, yeah, that didn't pan out. So. Oh, boy. So, Brewski, so how's your snow removal going this week? <laughs> well, it wasn't. it's not heavy like, like you have, and it's just kind of light. It wasn't that bad. I was just kind of clearing it out because it melts, and then it ices over here really bad because yeah. – one day it'll be warm and everything melts, and the next day it's like 20 in the teens and everything freezes over. Sure. Okay. And so not so, epic snow, but you're getting snow. Yeah, exactly. So yesterday I was doing a little bit of snow cleanup before I uh, came to do, was ready to kind of do the show. Right. And I got a text from you guys. This one we're going to do the show, and because Steve had lost power. Yep. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And I, then I knew in my head, okay, I had a certain amount of time to get stuff done. And then I'm shoveling. And then out of nowhere, everything starts going haywire. Like my heart. <laughs> Flat line. <laughs> no, it's racing. Like it's it's just, it's like I'm, I'm running sprints in the Olympics. 180 so, beats a minute your heart got up to, didn't it? Exactly. So, but wait, it just all of a sudden took off on you? It wasn't that you were overexerting? It just, you were already doing activity and then? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So yeah. that's what's weird about, so I have AFib, atrial fibrillation. And what that means is that like, so when you have electrical pulses that go across your heart, they follow a certain track and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then because of my other condition, cardiomyopathy, it it fucks with those those tracks. And then what happens is it gets derailed. And then as soon as it, there's a derailment, the, the pulse doesn't get through, your heart tries to catch up. Mm-hmm. Well, the next thing you know, it's out of control and it's going haywire. And gotcha. uh, yeah, and then so my device, in my chest only knows one thing to do when my heart is either beating too fast or too slow. And that is to bam and shock me, shock it back into appropriate rhythm, right? Exactly. Yeah. We've talked about this before. You've got a defibrillator implanted in your chest and how, how long have you had that? Like 20 years or something, right? I mean, yeah, since February of 2000. Okay. So yeah. And And actually the one that's the one that's in now is it's been replaced since 20, about four times since Over those 20 plus years to four times. Yeah. Okay. So four, yeah, they have to replace them. They used to be every four years. So every four years I had to go back in and they had to, you know, do a little slice and get oh. my device out and put a new one in. And yeah, you had it done recently. Is it just for a battery swap or do they give you a brand new machine with fully charged batteries? I, they, it's a brand new unit is what they, they put in there wow. because at that point there, it's, it's, it, it may have been uh, improved. <laughs> 
Right. It's like a new iPhone. You get to upgrade. Better battery life, better power. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although the the new one now is, uh, they say, uh, 10 years on the battery life now. And you're not far off, though, Steve. This thing does connect to Wi-Fi. Like, uh, Brewski was able to have doctors look at it, you know, at the hospital remotely. Right. Yeah. So you're out shoveling snow. Your heart starts racing and you get shocked. Yes. Did you fall down? Yes. Yeah, I figured just say, we've seen you. I don't know about Nick, but we've seen you at least once at the radio station. And I remember you just hitting the floor, catching your breath. Like, d- d- describe, and I- I'm not trying to torture you, but kind you know, of describe like, how that feels, what it does to you. It just it feels like you get hit with a, sh- a sledgehammer in your chest because right. it just, boom, it brings you, it throws you in. My sister will tell you, she was in front of me one time when I got shocked, when my heart was at 220 beats a minute. And um, and she swears that when I got shocked, she felt a force coming off my chest Damn. and hit her in the face. Wow. Um, like an I mean, you told the story before about having sex and it goes off and the woman can feel the transference of energy, which is mind blowing scientifically to me. Yeah. Well, even even uh, one time I was I got shocked and I was unsteady on my feet and Jen had kind of grabbed my arms to steady me. And I got shocked and it threw me back into an office chair in our apartment. And she's, she felt it then not full brunt from like I got, but yeah, she yeah. felt it, it hit, and she like pulled her hands back like that. It's crazy that it's someone externally can feel it or sense it. I mean, that's, and then you poor, you have to feel that internally. I mean, <laughs> damn. Yeah, now there, and there are times when I know it's going to happen. Like, I've had it happen at work. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't feel this coming on yesterday, right? Or you didn't think you were getting to that point where you could get shocked? Yeah, exactly. So there are times when, like, you can feel that you're an AFib, and it's not, like, anything over, like, 120 beats a minute, which is not that bad, because that's almost like, you know, you're really working out and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, what happens is it's like, um, it'll be it'll beat out of rhythm and it'll just keep beating and beating and beating and like it's you get really uncomfortable you get like really hot and sweaty like, like you're working out but all you're doing is like sitting there and it's annoying as hell um but then once it starts to pick up a little bit you can feel something's going to happen and you know you're going to get shocked and the best thing you can do at that point is to sit down someplace or in my case if i'm home i will lay down yeah. Because then that way, if I get shocked, I'm in a safe spot and yeah. I'm good. So you hit the ground. You're like outside your house, shovel in hand, and now you're just on the sidewalk or driveway or whatever. Sidewalk. Yep. Yep. Well, and after it happens, I mean, uh, you feel like you got hit by a truck and then what? You're just wiped out. You're, you feel yeah, well, for the rest of the night. Well, so the, my immediate reaction is, is I'm, I'm pissed off kind of like you know when you hit your thumb with a hammer <laughs> yeah and you're right. like you're like fuck you know and yes and then and, but that's the adrenaline and then like you get up and you you write yourself and i got in the house and i sat down in the living room for a few minutes trying to kind of breathe normally and catch my breath but it just takes everything out of you you're just like exhausted i mean i slept last night after my last text message with you guys till this morning like seven eight o'clock and then i was up for an hour and went back to sleep till about an hour before showtime wow yeah that wipes you dude i get it i I understand why it would wipe you that's crazy how many times do you think this has happened since you've had this defibrillator installed is like once a year or more often oh no no there there was a time when uh so this would have been 2004 
2005 where I was getting shocked uh, at least once a week. Oh, wow. 52 times a year or more. That's fucking uh, crazy, bro. Yeah. I mean, granted, so, so part of the reason was that some of it was I like, those were needed shocks. But then there were some of them that were unneeded because there was uh, a problem malfunctioning with, with my defibrillator. Yeah. Jeez, oh, that's the worst. And wait, yeah. So here, the, here's the funniest part. One time I'm sitting in my apartment and I can hear beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is that noise? And I kept thinking it's something outside, like a truck backing up or something. Right. But then I, I get all quiet. I turn the speakers on on my computer. I'm just like, wait a minute. That, that noise is coming from my chest. So I call my device, I call the people who make it, and they said, oh, that means that your power plant needs to be changed. And I said, okay, well, how do I know when it needs to be? And she's like, oh, it could be, you know, it could be like two weeks, it could be three months, oh. you know, it's tough to, it's tough to say. And then this was the first year I was with Jen, and every morning at the same time at like five in the morning, my chest would start beeping while we were still in bed. <laughs> like the inconsiderate roommate with the alarm clock that goes off, you know, that's early. Yeah, How exactly. How long did it go off for? Uh, like, like 15, 20 seconds. And she could hear it. It's not just in your own head. You can hear it. No, you, you, she could hear it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, we're not like, going to be able to have a relationship anymore. You're just too <laughs> disrespectful in the morning. Dude. Can you just, like, stick your finger in a socket and recharge it or something? I mean. Uh, Nothing like that at all. Oh, yeah. It's not like it. So, do you know that? Um, no lightning you know, charger for that thing. <laughs> I, well, you know that movie, Used Cars, with no, Kurt Russell? Know. Oh, it's a great movie. It's and it has movie. David L. Lander and Michael McKean uh, put a part of these tech guys who are going to ha- help them uh, jam a football game and then jam the presidential address to put commercials on the air. And um, he pulls the guy's shirt open, Michael McKean's shirt open, and he's got a defibrillator, but it's got like a. a charging cables that stick out it. Yeah. yeah and he's like how do you charge that thing up how do you get those batteries and he's like rechargeable batteries that's crazy how yeah. often has this happened to you in a situation yeah. where it truly saved your life versus you were just overexerting yourself and oh shit it shocked you all of them save his life dude yeah well but but the ones since 2005 <laughs> when i got the new device in in 2005 that's when things really kind of I guess I got more bad information about my heart after 2005. So going forward, that's when things for me really kind of felt like they were really serious, you know? So you're saying, or uh, Nick's saying for you, like yesterday, if you didn't have that defibrillator and your heart got up to that rate, you, you could have died. Um, like there's well, no acceptable threshold where your heart rate can get up to 150, 180 and you know, you come back down like normal. It just heart. can't so, so, find the rhythm again though, without well, it. Right. You can get into something that's called tachycardia, and that means that that your heart just keeps beating and beating and beating and beating and beating, and, beating, and mm-hmm. then eventually it it uh, it will shut down. Actually, wow. Uh, one of the one of the things about so I have this thing called cardiomyopathy, and uh, I'm at uh, an extreme high risk for uh, sudden cardiac death because of it. Jeez, man! So you really could have died yesterday. You're telling me I could have. Yes. Damn. Has it ever gone off because your heart rate's too slow, or is it always yes. fast? Nope. How, how nope. does it get so slow? Uh, so that's the other thing with cardiomyopathy is that sometimes uh, your heart will just start beating real slow, and then I have a, my right ventricle and my heart doesn't do the work that it's supposed to. So then the rest of my heart is kind of like, listen, I'm tired. I'm going to take five here, uh. <laughs> and then it'll stop, and that's 
primarily what my defibrillator was there for because it was slowing down and stopping completely. Sometimes doing nothing, other times doing something. Damn. So are you yeah. invincible with this thing or can you still have a heart problem that could kill you? Um, well, I, I mean, mean, I don't uh, mean literally invincible, but you know what I mean? Like, is this going to yeah. save you nine times out of 10 or how does that work? Uh, it's going to save me. My device is going to save me. Um, although they do say that once your heart is completely kaput, um, no amount of shocking is yeah. is going to, you know. Uh, and does your life, does your heart, though, have a normal heart lifespan or whatever? Or No, not with cardiomyopathy. Because really. cardiomyopathy, uh, what it does is that it, it slowly kind of hardens your heart. Uh, so it's not like, um, like it literally turns into stone. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Why, why are you taking this to such a depressing area, Steve? Sorry. I'm fascinated by it. I don't think it's depressing. I mean, this is. Was it, we're going to lose Brewski before we probably should. Is it <laughs> depressing to you? Well, we, we should be chronicling this so we can play it back at your funeral. <laughs> Look, see, we've talked about this. Like, yeah. No, no, obviously, I don't want you to die, but this is a fascinating thing that you have a defibrillator in your chest and you have these issues and you get shocked and you can transfer energy. Like, it's, it's, a, it's interesting. I've, I've been flirting with the idea of getting a, um, a, a Tony Stark tattoo uh, in the center of my chest. Yes. Little you arc know? reactor there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I even looked them up online. Some people actually have them where it looks like uh, Iron Man's chest in the center of your chest. It'd be nice if it would like flash for you when it's about to go off or something. Yeah, <laughs> Some a little warning. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you, you, I can usually tell when I know something's up. And when it's happened at work, I just find some place kind of secluded if I can, because I don't want anybody coming over asking me questions or anything. Sure, sure. And I'll just kind of sit down and kind of like hold, hold, hold the chair and kind of brace myself and oh. wait for it to happen. Damn, dude. It's a lot it's to bad. deal with, dude. Have you, uh, you know, there are therapy dogs that can anticipate like low blood sugar or a seizure coming. Yeah, right? they, they, they smell they smell it coming on. Yeah. And yeah. how about for you, dude? Could you get a therapy dog, do you think, for this? That they could sense maybe that your heart was about going to need a shock or you know, about to probably could, but I, I I don't know if I, I I'm Is that at a that thing? Point. Have you heard of that? I, I but for my condition, no. I have heard of on other things because they say yeah. that your body chemistry changes when those things are about to happen and the dog can actually smell it uh, on you. And then like with the seizures in particular, they'll come over and they'll start to like, kind of like kind of gnaw like, your hand a little bit no. to, to give you a warning that, Hey, listen, we got a problem here. Yeah. Paw at you for you to lay down, get in a safe space. You know, uh, I had a neighbor in Seattle that had, that had a, a seizure dog and uh, cause he had, serious tonic colonic seizures and his dog could smell when a seizure walk within 30 seconds wow it's crazy dude the dogs are crazy i mean just in general we don't deserve them as as humans but uh there's dogs out there now that they are have trained to smell cancer in someone's body yeah that's no, amazing like that. i mean smell. it's incredible dude yeah. And you told us off air, you just had a stress test last week. Is that like you see in the movies on the treadmill and you got all the wires hooked up to you and that kind of thing? Yes, I did. Yeah. But uh, so, but the, 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 I thought mine was going to be like a, like they're going to have you running on the treadmill for a long time. Yeah. That's and, uh, just uh, in no, general. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but they did. It, I was only on the treadmill for five minutes. Okay. Uh, because they just want to get certain pictures uh, of your heart. And so mm. they, they get it moving 
no, not nothing too bad, but it was enough to get my heart racing. But then they also give me a drug that like opens all my vessels up. And my heart at that point is pumping major amounts of blood. And how uh, does that not trigger it? Do they shut it down or something? The defibrillator? Oh, no. But, but so it's, it's, it's pump. It's, um, it's not pumping faster so much. Oh, really? Really? It doesn't speed it up. It just opens the, the, um, yeah, the arteries up. Just jogging, though. Do they keep you in a safe range? Do they not let you get too high up there? Uh, well, they, they, they have me. Uh, I'm on like the wires and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and there were there's three people there like each one has a, a their own part of the the job because one person has to come over and inject the drugs into me because they they put these nuclear tracers that right. they put in use so but how do they keep your defibrillator from going off while you're jogging exerting yourself? well i i wasn't they well they didn't get me up past 120 beats a minute okay yeah and so uh um, and if it goes off it goes off i would assume well, I'm and, yeah, I, and I'm right there, the stat, and I'm I'm actually at this point I'm at, I'm at Mass General Hospital, which is one of the the best hospitals in the world. I mean, people come from all over the world to get medical care at this sure. particular hospital. I guess if it's going to happen, that's the place to do it. But uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. And, and did so, the test come out clear? I don't know. They have they have to let me oh. know because what it did what they did was they gave me the tracer, and then they did a scan of my my heart to see what my heart looked like before I did the stress test. Then I sat down for a few minutes. Then they put me back in for the stress test with the tracer and all that sort of thing. And then they did another scan of me to see you know, like a before and after sort of thing. Yeah. So they could look at, at pictures of it on and see. Uh, yeah. You're like the $6 million man. I wish. Yeah. Right. Although I heard Mark Wahlberg is remaking that movie and it's going to be called uh, the $6 billion man. Cause 6 million. What is that nowadays? Right. Yeah, I know. I, I We'd all, we'd all be bionic if it only cost six million. So yeah, exactly. Or every rich yeah. person would be at least. So. Try getting insurance to pay for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, wow, <laughs> dude. Wow. I mean, I have nothing but just. I almost said heartache for you. That'd be a bad choice of words. Sorry. I feel badly that you have to go through the shit and that you're out shoveling and you end up face first in your driveway. Like, damn, dude. I'm so sorry. Well, ordinarily, I here's the thing. It's not awful to say this. But a few years ago, my sister and I decided that we were done shoveling because we have a neighbor who runs a re- landscaping company. And during the winter, there's no landscaping to do. So he keeps his guys busy by doing snow removal. Yeah. Right. And so we pay for snow removal at our house. Um, but when it's something like that, like little piddly sort of thing, we don't we don't have yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, we just take care of ourselves. So um, I'm just glad that. It was just something small like that, you know? Yeah. Jeez. You ended up all right. Well, yeah. we're worried about you, Brisky. Glad you're feeling a little bit better today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a lot better than I did yesterday. Nice. Good. Well, geez. Yeah. All right. I, I, I feel guilty now whining about my snow removal. <laughs> no, there's a lot of snow you guys have. Yeah, it's been a lot for sure. And uh, I always joke that I, you know, every time I go out there, I'm afraid I'm going to have a heart attack just because I'm getting older and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing all right. So, what 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 was it you and I were talking about pre-show uh, about as far as the amount of snow that you guys are normally be getting percentage-wise? Yeah, they uh, every they do it throughout the season. They go they have a certain designated spot around here where they measure the snowpack. And for years and years, it's always been you know since that 2017 winter, it's always 50 percent of normal, maybe 70 or 80 percent of normal i forget the actual number but you said you saw the the news article on it what, what's our current snowpack percentage 
I saw one that said 250%. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's way off the charts. And Lake Tahoe is, uh, you know, it's a big-ass lake, but there's a natural rim to the lake, and it's it's over it, which it almost never is. Especially in these last several years, having a drought out west, the lake is almost always way below the natural rim. So the good yeah. news out west here is, yeah, I don't know if this is officially the drought's over, but we have more water than we know what to do with, literally, especially the rest of California, mudslides and flooding and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we got plenty of snow up here. We're actually at the point where, you know, the ski resorts are loving the snow, but we've had so much that people can't get up here. I mean, we've had, you know, road closures, avalanches. I literally had an avalanche, of, you know, a quarter mile from my house yesterday. I mean, it's, it's craziness. So hey, we don't want any more people up here. Uh, these tourists, they come up on the hill. They bring their Priuses. <laughs> they strap their chains on, if you're lucky. Right. And they drive like assholes, dude. I can't tell you how many Teslas I have been stuck behind that have snow chains on and you're just in over your head man and you know nick and i are on the radio here in town and we have to play very nicely with the tourists because it's a big part of our economy up here but yeah you're on this podcast i'll tell you all fucking annoy the hell out of me (laughs) i'm glad you're having fun up here but good grief Hey, how many times can we say pack it in pack it out you fucking assholes clean up after yourselves stop littering stop graffitiing we have people graffitiing on boulders around here like yeah fucktards but listen most of them are obviously good people up here to have fun there was a i was out shoveling the driveway yesterday for the seven thousandth time and this caravan of dudes that had to be from the bay area because they were driving one was in a tesla one was in a lexus a bmw and they came down the road and they were all hanging out the window like taking pictures and they just yelled at me like this place is awesome how do you get by up here like yeah i'm like i'm glad you guys had fun be safe good luck getting home it's gonna take you 18 hours but uh, yeah get the hell out of here Right. But hey, yeah. speaking of San Francisco, dude, did you guys uh, recently uh, within the past week, did you see the video of a uh, restaurant or uh, restaurant owner or a he owned a store or something and a homeless lady was outside and he took his yes. clothes out and sprayed her? Did you see it? No, I did see that. Describe it to me. Paint me a picture. Dude, Actually, he's he's, a, he's an art gallery owner. It's next door to the restaurant. The art gal- and the art gallery is actually now closed permanently. He decided he didn't want to uh, deal with people. It was like 30 degrees out, and uh, he had a hose, and this, this older homeless lady is on the uh, sitting on the ground, and he's just like cursing her out. He's spraying her with a hose. <laughs> Like, wow. I mean, just directly in her face and like she can't even catch her bearings. And I mean, it went on for a minute and a half. He wouldn't stop yeah. spraying her. And like Bruski said, freezing cold. Uh, and this oh. is this is a new trend, by the way. I've seen a, this happen a couple of times over the past, you know, a couple of months. Uh, but I was watching uh, Cuomo had uh, who's hardball. Who's the dick? Uh, Bruce Matthews hardball. No, uh, not hardball. Um, who's Tucker Bill, Carlson, oh, Bill O'Reilly, Hannity. Bill O'Reilly. Uh, Cuomo had Bill O'Reilly on and they were talking about this. And Bill O'Reilly was somehow trying to justify. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, like I was going to say, do you want to guess what political party the store owner belongs to? Yes, exactly. <laughs> he was somehow trying to justify like, yeah, this is kind of cruel and probably not the best idea. But <laughs> what else are you going to do? Like there is uh, his point was like there's a small gang in San Francisco of homeless people that have just completely fucking ruined this town and the city's doing nothing about it. So people have to take it into their own hands and yeah, this give is, them hypothermia. You know, I mean, yeah, give them kill them. I mean, <laughs> they, they could have killed her. 
you know, but wow. yeah, he closed the art gallery. That's hysterical because people were coming for him. You look like a giant yeah. asshole. And hopefully, I don't know. Can you be arrested for that? I mean, that's assault, isn't it? It's a Actually, good question. Yeah. Well, I read, read an article that that it was elder abuse is yes. what the, the charges they were going to try and bring him up on was elder abuse. Nice. Good for them. And, and you know what? It could be a hate crime. Can we justify homeless population or mentally ill people yeah, as, you right. know, a hate crime? Yeah. Good question. Well, keep an eye on that story because, yeah, I'd love to see if that guy gets prosecuted. That's I hope so, dude. Just people, where is your humanity anymore? I understand wanting some things to change in your city, but come on, get it together, dude. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things on uh, Fox News and whatnot that I, uh, I saw this week of them all giggling at, I- I'm curious to get Nick Reynolds' uh, take on this. So now that uh, Kevin McCarthy has officially been uh, you know, elected Speaker of the House, yeah. apparently those guys, they get to set rules, like building rules and all sorts of rules just on security and procedures and protocols and whatnot. So I don't know if you saw this, but they they felt it was a good idea to allow smoking inside yes. the buildings and inside all of their offices because they all want to be like they're in Mad Men sitting around their office, you know, smoking cigars. And some douchebag went on Tucker Carlson's show and lit up, and Tucker just was like jerking himself off almost. Like it was so, oh, you're sticking it to the lib, smoking inside. But our own Nick Reynolds smokes during this very show. <laughs> so what's your take on that, Nick? What a fucking joke, dude. There's a time and a place, right? The only reason I smoke here is because I built this fucking studio. I own it and I will do it. But like, that's so disrespectful. I'm paying for you to sit around and fucking smoke. Get some shit done, you assholes. Yeah, that's to say the least. But uh, yeah, of course, you make a valid point. This is your studios in your house. No one else is around. These are uh, public buildings and there's other workers and interns and everyone else around them. I just I can't get over this conservative logic of I'm going to stick it to myself to stick it to the libs and make a stance. I'm smoking cigars inside. And how fucking gross, by the way, I don't smoke. I would never smoke in my house. I mean, you know, know, like that's where you're spending eight hours and there's cigars reek. No open windows. Like, what are you doing? What kind of point are you trying to make? You just... I don't know, dude. There's there's my take. Fucking assholes. It's misogyny, uh, you know, personified. I'm going to yes. be old school and smoke inside. You fucking liberals took away our ability to smoke inside. And most of them would say, oh, you know, uh, smoking is so bad. You know, they're, uh, hey, we go to church. You know, God doesn't want you to smoke like pick a lane and stick in it you know (laughs) yeah are you supposed to be kind to your fellow humans or not doesn't god mention something about that yes i don't know brewski thoughts did did you see what the republicans did in missouri no okay so they just passed new rules in the in the legislature in missouri regulating female dress code of members uh where they actually have to cover their their bare arms and then and then on top of that they have to wear a second layer on top of what covers their bare arms because yeah. i guess you see a woman's bare arms and you just immediately get wood and start jacking off i don't know i know neither of you have watched handmade Tale, dude but that's oh, i was gonna say that reeks of it though right yeah, absolutely does, dude i mean if the conservatives are to take power that's where this country is heading dude 
I mean, yeah. that's crazy to tell a woman what to wear. Len, tell me this. Have you seen an inappropriately dressed woman anywhere on the floor? Of this, yeah. on the floor? <laughs> right. Oh, like, I'll, yeah, I'll give you one, right? I'll give you one real quick. Sure. Yeah. Kirsten Cinema. She's she one time uh, in particular, this video of her was she had to like preside over the over the Senate for something like that. And she's sitting at the, the lectern where where, you know, the a senator would sit. Yeah. Um, she's in a G-string or what? No, she's wearing a, <laughs> wearing a black T-shirt and a denim vest. Okay. A little that's underdressed, not, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. not appropriate workwear. If you're there to work, uh, you, you know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to wear, like, a suit or anything like that. But, I mean, come on. You're on the floor of the United States Senate. I, you know, I... That is a little weird. Was there extenuating circumstances? Was she just doing? I mean, that is kind of odd, but still. And and she she sits there in the video, like playing with her hair the the whole the whole time. And 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 I I get it. She's really into like being fashionable and all that. And she has like twenty pairs of glasses, different colors and frames, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, but it's like. Now she's a jackass in general, I guess. So we should maybe ban her, but. um, you know I what? Women showing skin in public. That I don't care about. Come on, dude. It's terrible. In case anybody doesn't know, God calls it an abomination. <laughs> it's an abomination. It's an abomination. I will never understand why the 51% of our population that has a uterus doesn't stand up and take over this goddamn country already. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, other than, you know what, there's been so many for so many years, these uh, crusty old white men put in power and there's certain gates they can't get over. I mean, what do we have to have an insurrection? I guess so. <laughs> an all female insurrections. Ladies night at the Capitol, everybody <laughs> come on in and break a window. But seriously, I mean, women, there are more of you in the planet. You could just take over. I've never understood why some women are sexist against other women. We heard it in 2016. I heard multiple women say, I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton. I don't want some woman running this country. Like, Dude, I what? found out uh, I went to a lawyer party on uh, ooh. Saturday. I don't know why you say ooh like that. but It was very <laughs> swanky. Oh. Honest, dude. There were hors d'oeuvres. Show us your briefs. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to this lawyer party, and, you know, we were just talking about people. Oh, I knew everybody there, and we're talking about, like, people we know in the law community. I found out this girl that I've known for a long time, and she sort of disappeared, and I thought she was getting into nefarious actions uh i thought she was doing drugs or something i found out that she is a trump for uh woman women for trump uh oh and i thought oh i knew something was going wrong with this lady and yeah yeah, i i called it out but i had no idea it was trump why are women supporting trump it's just like uh people of marginalized communities uh, saying, yeah, we're all for Trump. Like, really? Why? What has he done for you lately, dude? It's such a great trick Republicans have done, getting people to vote against their own self-interests. And I'll tell you, I was driving home for the uh, to get to here for the podcast today, and I was in front of somebody that had a bunch of pro-Trump bumper stickers on the back of their car, and I'm reading, I'm just uh, annoying myself. But one of them then said, elect a clown, get a circus. And I'm like, are, is that irony? Do you not? Uh, or is that a Biden slam? You don't think Trump is the biggest fucking circus freak in the in the history no of presidents? Yeah. 
Like, no self-awareness whatsoever to put yeah, that bumper you sticker. You know that's here. also a Trump bumper sticker, an anti-Trump bumper sticker. I think that's, on your car. that's all I've ever seen it as. And I don't yes. think this guy understood that that was an anti-Trump bumper sticker he put next to all of his pro-Trump. No, Which makes it even more funny when they have, they have no clue whatsoever. And exactly. they think that they, it can just be applied to certain other people as well. But no, we're talking about your guy. Right. No self-awareness. It's going to be interesting, uh, gentlemen. I know neither one of you, I don't know why, but you don't really, uh, you're not huge watchers of the Daily Show. But, you know, Trevor Noah left, and I was a big Trevor Noah fan. Yeah. Did they uh, replace they, him yet? Uh, well, they just announced. I'm, well, they've been announcing for the past week or so of they're going to have a bunch of people come in and do guest spots on it. Mm-hmm. And I and then yeah, I yeah. think they'll probably pick one you know the american idol of the daily show but the first one is leslie jones mm-hmm. i'm just not sure dude i like leslie jones i just don't know if i see her in as that a host chair as a host right exactly and, uh, that's she'd be maybe. a great one of the sidekick commentator types she's 100%. a little too a little too ver- uh, verbose to be the host i would think and she yeah. may prove us wrong i mean i'm gonna watch and just see what it's all about because like i said I, I do like her but yeah i just don't know if i see her in that chair or not so. not that chair that that's what my reaction was for is because that particular job for her that's just kind of not what yeah. i would see her excelling in i would think though going from snl and movie star you probably can't be a sidekick on the daily show you got to host that thing or not in her position but i suppose but you know that one of the things about trevor noah is that he uh he was able to play many roles he was able to be a man who was uh you know just straight talking he was able to be pissed off he was able to show empathy really really well and and come down and kind of have a sensitive talk and I just don't see her being able to do that. And maybe she'll prove me wrong. I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't predict that one being a permanent job for her. But next right. time will tell. Yep. Um, well, I have one last story here, just on the topic we've been talking about of politicians doing stupid things that you know sticking it to the libs. Um, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure it was Wyoming passed a law this <laughs> outlawing electric vehicles by the year 2035 phasing out the sales and they and they even said we're doing it to basically stick it to california yeah that's how we make progress in america dude oh i mean seriously you are the person that when the car was invented you're saying we should all be riding horses still like i mean could you be any more backwards antiquated out of touch with progress and the advancement of society we've been burning dinosaurs for a long time so I don't know where you stand on this, dude, but I at this point in my life anyway, I'm not for outlawing cars, gasoline cars. I'm not. Uh, (laughs) I would like to see it at least equal down the middle and see how things are going with it all. Right. and, And then see where to go. I, I don't believe in this. Like by 2023, you know, none of these uh, gas-powered vehicles will be uh, legal anymore. I'm not with that. I don't but, know that they're going to be illegal, but selling new ones might be illegal or phased out, and that's kind of progress, right? I mean, isn't that what we're going for here? I suppose. I just think uh, I I don't know. I I'm I'm all for electric vehicles, dude. I just don't know that we have had enough testing done on it to make sense testing i heard it coming yes you heard it coming and uh i will tell you what like i i mean there's just a lot of questions right i mean if we uh are our grids ready for all of this charging i mean we have things to work out 
Absolutely. And I think we need just to uh, do it slowly. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Um, I, I saw this all over the comment sections on some of the articles that were posted about this that, you know, first of all, there's so much California hatred in this country, but the rest of you don't seem to realize that if California split off, America would just dwindle and die. We are the fifth largest economy in the world, certainly the largest economy in America. Yes. So we're provide. And by the way, when somebody comments on Facebook about fuck you, California, you're on Facebook. It's a California company. It's a California a property run by Californians. And you're sitting there. Oh, fuck you, California. But you're on Facebook. You're watching our movies. You're buying our products. Like, if you're going to protest, do it properly. Right. But yeah, someplace like Wyoming, they're like 5,000th in the world. <laughs> so you kind of need us here in California. And maybe that's why they can get away with doing this, right? Yeah, because it's not going to matter. No one's going to care. And, you know, it's kind of like with uh, this has gone on with school books where Texas will come out and say, we're not going to let these you know, school books have these certain chapters. But then California comes out and says, we're going to re- almost require those chapters. So what happens is the free market. If you're a textbook company, you cannot not sell in California. There's millions of students. You have to be able to sell here. But you're not going to make one set of textbooks for California and another set for the rest of the country. So California, we get to basically bully the rest of you. Whatever our rules are, the economy has to follow it. There's no choice. So if we put in these electric vehicle mandates, the rest of you are going to have to follow suit because they're not going to make electric vehicles in one state and gas vehicles in all the others. It just makes no sense. So whether you hate us or not, we get to push you. (laughs) You like that, don't you? I do. I'm a, uh, you know, I, I stand up for California. It's, um, yeah, there's too many ta- taxes are too high. It's a little overregulated, but we're the home of many, many good things, not only economy wise, but you know, the beauty of the beaches and the mountains and all that kind of stuff. There's a reason millions of people live here. It's, it is a great state. So California girls, dude, let's not forget about them. California dreaming, you know, I mean, so, mm. So here's the thing, you know, Newsom said by 2035, we're going to phase out electric vehicle sales that can be pushed if it's not there. But electric vehicle technology is advancing rapidly. And in another 13 years, it's going to be light years beyond where it is now. And, uh, you know, we're not going to have the worry of how far the nearest charging station is and all that kind of stuff. And, and I get you fucking conservatives. It's not 100 percent green. I get it. Step in the right direction. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Progress. But the, other, but the other thing, too, though, is that um, technology with the batteries mm-hmm. is going to co- come a long way, too. And, and by that, I don't mean just how much of a charge, but also how they're making the batteries, what kind of minerals they need to put in them and, yes. and that sort of and also uh, safe um, recycling of, of those batteries. You know that that part of it will will yeah. will uh, go along with. Uh, increased technology on drivability and yeah. let, you know charging distance and that sort of thing. All it's the, like your defibrillator. Like the technology will advance over the years. I promise you. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it went, it went from like from four years every four years having to get replaced to right. now every ten years. Right. And if someone in California is not putting their thumb on the scale, these companies may not do it quite as rapidly. That's their whole thing. They're trying to sure. push. You know. Sure. You think we'll ever get away from lithium? I have no idea. I mean, I would imagine, yeah, the short answer is yes. In the next 10 years, I don't know. But over the 20, 30, 40, you know, as, as society advances, yeah, for sure. There are so many smart people, to, especially engineers, um, that, that are going to find 
other ways to actually. Uh, yes. And there's money to be made. That's the motivator, right? Well, the story you told a couple of weeks ago with this uh, power source that they found, right, uh, Steve, in yeah. space. Remember we were talking about it? Yeah, self-sustaining energy source. They they figured it out. I mean, it's not mainstream yet, but they figured out how to make a, a self-generating energy source. Can you imagine yeah. if that becomes mainstream? Like back well, to the future style, your car just powers itself. I always roll it around. Like, like, uh, it'll, it, you know what, if they, they let that out, if they let that out and it starts being, we're able to use it, it's going to crush the economy of so many different things, though, right? Well, on one level, but then it's going to create new economies and new opportunities. So, yeah, if you own a gas station, I guess you're going to be screwed in 10, 20 years. But you can switch it over to a, you know electric-powered vehicle station. Follow the trends. It's just like saying we shouldn't use solar because those poor coal miners are going out of business. Sorry, it's advancement. Get a better job. Get out of the fucking hole and go work at the wind farm. It's better for you, dude. Your lungs will be cleaner. Right. Yeah. I mean, I heard they cause cancer. Uh, uh, people tell me windmills cause cancer. I hear this. <laughs> it's not true. You'll be fine. Your your black lung is certainly much That worse. was a bit of a Trump and Dice Clay morphed in. Yeah, that. it was a little bit. Here hey, oh, yeah. hey. I'm working on my Trump still. So, you know, once he was out of office, I gave up working. So, yeah. So, yeah, so there's there's good examples, America, of your politicians working hard for you, shooting your state in the foot to try to stick it to the libs. Well, and, uh, I'll give you I'll give you one other po- political uh, thing here. Sure. So there is a um, gentleman by the name of Rick Allen. He's a Republican from Georgia, and he was asked about Social Security and how the Re- Republicans are going after Social Security. Mm-hmm. And he said that they're going after it because, quote, people want to work longer end quote so and that's that's why he wants to talk about raising raising the um age for people to get social security because he says that people tell him they want to work longer they want to they, they want to and i i know nobody who right. wants to work longer yeah, now surveying please now i will i will tell you that when my dad was forced to stop working it was i was talking to my sister about this it was kind of like Brooks Hadlin and the Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Remember when he when he got paroled and he held the knife to that one guy's neck because yes. he didn't he didn't want to because that's all he, that's all he knew. Yes. When my dad was told he he was unable wasn't allowed to work anymore, it was kind of a shock to his system because he had worked with these so many of these guys for thirty years. Become and, his life. And, I mean, in and, a sense, yeah, you know exactly. So that on one sense, I can see people missing the people that work. And that sort of thing. But most people don't want to work until like what work 60, 70 years and enjoy two years of retirement and then die. I don't think most people want to do that. The goal is to be able to do something that you enjoy and you can do it on a uh, smaller level. You know, like I don't know that I ever really want to be done with radio or broadcasting as a whole, but I want it on my terms, you know. Yeah. And I don't have that now, so that's crazy. Asshole for a boss, you know he's pushing me constantly. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I, I'm not a fan of him either. So <laughs> that asshole yeah. cracking the whip on you at all times. Exactly. TPS um, reports and all that. I'm, yes. I'm I'm tough like that for sure. 
I do have a relaxed dress code, though. So <laughs> yes. we're not joking about this podcast. There's no one in charge here, clearly. Yes. <laughs> but in the real world, yeah. So uh, it's another great example, though, of um, I don't understand why people vote for Republicans when they do so many things that go against their own constituents. It's the old I'll put up with Trump because I got conservative judges. Like, why do you put up with so much shit? Yeah. Just to get your one thing you want. Makes zero sense. Stick it to the libs. So. I'm really uh, pushing for uh, Hakeem the Dream, dude. Uh, I'm liking him more and more. The more I hear him talk. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, oh, I'm on board with this guy. He's reminiscent of the way Obama made me feel inside, yep. you know? So. There's something to be said for the it factor, for somebody that's charismatic and that can speak eloquently, you know, yes. unlike Trump or Bush or whatever. And uh, Yeah, so I get it, you know, I mean. I don't know. I think I think for for me with him, uh, I, I like that you get you get the the attorney part of him, which is cool, but then you get the Brooklyn part of him that comes out, yeah. yes. and, and, and and but he he doesn't do it in a um a vulgar way or anything like that. Like you you get that 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 Brooklyn fighter, the Brooklyn uh, yeah. in the feeling. spirit. Yeah, the spirit. Uh, but he 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 says it in in a better way, or sometimes he might break out a little bit of you know like kind of regular guy from brooklyn sort of thing you know I, I like that yeah no absolutely you know the momentum is on our side we just need a few more years to go by and a few more old fuckers to die and then we can just take over entirely. <laughs> so the uh, republican party has now uh, got a, a huge thing together where they want to defund the fbi yeah did you hear about it good luck with that <laughs> and i just think to myself what what is wrong with you well, we should talk real quick, though, about this whole Biden top secret document fucktard debacle that's going on. I'm so depressed that it happened because it only gives uh, conservatives uh, uh, just a mom- moment to try and equate that it's, oh, it's the same thing. And it's right. not. It's it not is not. All. No, but it certainly does not make Biden look good. Like you were just, no. you had shit shoved in some drawer. <laughs> like, don't we have protocols for this stuff? How are you? It, it blows my mind. And yeah, it's not the same thing. Trump intentionally did it. He was asked for them back and refused to give them back. Whereas Biden accidentally did it and said, take them. I don't want them. Like, so it is different, but it certainly muddies the water for sure. However, I've always said, like, call us out. Call the libs out, the Dems out. So, okay, fine. We appointed a special prosecutor for Biden. If that prosecutor thinks Biden should be prosecuted for this, go right a fucking head. But you Uh, better fucking do it on Trump, too. I agree. Yes, I agree, dude. If someone's I don't care who's doing something wrong, if they broke the law. That's what makes us sincere, though, that we're willing to throw our own people out there like, all right, he did fuck up. So let him be investigated. And I'll, I'll accept the results of that, just like with Trump. Yes. Brewski, thoughts? No, I'm, I'm with you guys all the way, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be consistent. <laughs> Consistency. But, yes, yeah. it is embarrassing. At the same time, uh, you know, as soon as they found the documents, like the same day, they called the archives. They called the people that they needed to call and say, hey, listen, we found these documents, and they turned them over immediately. Yes. yes. It's not the same thing. I mean, it's it's in the same spectrum, I guess, but it's, you know, it's clearly not. How does somebody not know these things are missing? I mean, with Trump, they knew, and that's why they asked for them back. I just were these cop out like how do you how do you just have documents shoved in a drawer maybe, somewhere? Maybe there there are levels of of those types of documents. There is, and and and, and I know there are some that are that are like um, 
sensitive compartmental sure. information and yeah. that you can only be read in a skiff and that sort of thing. Um, and so I think Trump took like the really big ones, yeah. like and when he, when he was stealing, he was stealing the good stuff as opposed to like the lower level right. classified documents. He was like, if I'm doing it, I'm taking the good stuff. I just oh, know in elementary school, if I took a book home, they made me sign it out. Like, we don't have a system like that for docu- classified documents. Yeah, you well, would think so. I think I, what I heard about with Trump was that um, some of the people felt awkward saying, we need that document back, sir. Like, he would, like, hold on to it. And it's mine. It's mine. Did it, but they didn't, they, they didn't feel comfortable because they're in the Oval Office. And they're like, you know, can we, we need to take possession of that. And they didn't feel comfortable doing that. You have to, that's your job. You need to say to them, listen, I don't care if you are the president, that document has to come back with me now. Yeah. Yes. This is what happens when a child is running the country. If, yes. you, if you want to look at it later on, you can come back to us and say, you know what? I want to relook at that. And then we'll bring it to you. You can look at it, read it, and then give it back to us. Yeah. I know that, you know, uh, Rachel, my wife, had uh, security clearance on a bunch of different stuff when she was in the military. Uh, And she's told me, like, oh, there were some things that were like you would look at it and be like, why the hell is that classified? You know what I mean? And then there were big things. And But what's the rumor? I mean, I, I heard for the longest time that all of the documents or a majority of them that Trump had we're in relation to codes and shit for nuclear, nuclear. weapons. I mean, that's there was a lot of sensitive stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And well, have I we heard at all what the stuff Biden has? I mean, I heard is? some of it was marked classified, but like Bruski said, there's a hundred. Or like I'm sorry, you were just saying there's a hundred shades of classified. Some, right. You know, but we don't know what it was pertaining to. I mean, it wasn't atomic uh, no. nuclear weapons, right? No. I mean, not that we've heard, but I just yeah. hate the slow trickle. Like that first day it came out, like oh, there's yeah. someone in some office. I'm like, all right, that happens. Oh, now there's someone in his garage. Oh, now there's someone in his other office. <laughs> like, why is it your fucking stars, dude? Were you cleaning your car out and just like <laughs> forgot about him? Like that's crazy. Uh-huh. Still, not as bad as having it in the basement of your club where the maids have access and the staff. And, and not know. being willing to give them back when asked yeah, for them. I mean, it's a huge deal, right? And I love yeah. seeing the Republicans right now being, oh, look at what Biden did. Like, don't you fucking say that unless you're going to turn right around and point it at Trump, too. And they don't, obviously. No. I declassified those. I declassified. Yeah, it's and it's funny because they said that... Um, Vice presidents can't declassify things because these documents came from when Joe Biden was the vice president. Right. But there was actually uh, a law that President Obama signed into uh, law that allowed the vice president to declassify things as well. So when they were like, well, Biden couldn't have declassified those documents. Well, yes, he could have. Uh, Interesting. Not that I'm into this retroactive declassifying to cover your ass, but uh, that's good to know. No, I mean, at the time when, when, so if you're vice president and the document gets to you, you know, you can say, I'd like to declassify that. And obviously there are protocol you have to go through and that sort of thing. But you as the vice president, you have that right to be able to do that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be curious to see how this story turns out for sure. I just need Trump prosecuted for something. And if you need to throw him under the bus too, then feel free. But uh, well, he's been going up to Jack Smith like crazy on uh, on his uh, Truth Social. Like, I mean, it's like he he knows that that shit's coming down because every day is like ten, twelve, thirteen. You know, all these and they just like just going crazy. You know, and Jack Smith is just. 
just sitting there like keeping quiet like yep yeah, yep. doing his job. Now yep. it's funny to watch the walls close in around Trump. I just hope they actually close in at some point because I've been waiting Me for that for, for years and yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> like the snow stacking up around here. At some point it's gonna fall over <laughs> and just suffocate you. So I'm waiting for that with Trump. Not said. Exactly. Thank you, Stanley. Uh, hey, speaking of one last snow comment uh, that I just uh, I think was appropriate for the show in a dark, twisted sort of way. I had posted on my own personal Facebook page about all of this snow going on. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but a, a friend of mine commented, uh, don't go out there and render it up. Oh, that's funny. Ooh. A Seattle friend. <laughs> uh, no, no. He was uh, he was actually from this area. He's in Ohio now. But and How does he know about Renner? Well, he's everybody big, knows about that. I mean, yeah, I've had a lot of people reaching out about it, and they talk about it being in Tahoe and whatnot. And yeah, if you don't get the joke, Jeremy Renner was just you know got crushed doing snow removal at his house here in Lake Tahoe. And so, yeah, and this friend, by the way, we're both comic book nerds. He's more of a DC fan, so I think this was his you know Marvel hatred coming out. Oh. <laughs> don't go Renner it up. Uh, oh, it was both too soon and terrible, and I had to laugh because I have that sort of sense of. <laughs> Yes, you are. And, and by the way, this has not been confirmed yet, but I read an article the other day, and it said, this is not confirmed, but according to an anonymous friend of Jeremy Renner, they think he's going to have to have his leg amputated. No. I mean, they say his leg was crushed by I this. I thought it was cancer. torn off. I thought he already didn't have a leg. No, it was just demolished. It, it's still on his body as far as I know. But they're saying, friends of his are saying that he's he's probably not going to end up keeping that leg, which is, yeesh. And that, you know what, I, we actually, my wife and I talked about this last night. Okay. I signed up for Paramount plus uh, because I wanted to finish watching this Sylvester Stallone, uh, yeah, Tulsa. Tulsa King. Yeah. Uh, when I got the subscription going, I realized here's mayor of Kingstown, this new yeah. show I started watching with Jeremy Renner. Yeah. And uh, I only watched the first episode and I really liked it. Uh, but now that I have Paramount Plus, I'm going to watch the whole thing. But I said to Rachel last night, I guess we know there won't be a season two. And she was like, maybe they'll write it into the story. Yeah, are they going like, to do? Uh, yeah, are they going to do that on that show and in the Marvel universe? Like, is every just all of his characters now just have one leg? Like, oh, and maybe it'll be someone new because it will be tough for him to have a leg up on the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well it, it, you know though I appreciate it, you continuing our terrible streak of going to hell for jokes <laughs> if, you, if you guys know anything about do you know who alex smith is he used to be a quarterback with the washington commanders yes and i mean no has, reputation i'm not a fan of uh, or expert. Uh, so anyway, he he almost lost his leg because his leg got broken and snapped on on the field and um he had to go through so many surgeries and he still kind of walks with a limp, but they were able to save his leg. And so I say that because maybe, you know, runner might have to go that same route yeah. where he's getting where I mean, I forget how many surgeries Alex Alex Smith has had, but it's it's so yeah. many. And when it's you see yeah. when you see pictures of his leg and you see what it looks like now, it looks like hell, but at least he still has it. Yeah. Well, come on, doctors, get on it. Hop to it before Jeremy Renner has to hop everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. <laughs> you know, I, by the way, I love you, Renner. Seriously, I do. <laughs> but come on, we got to have some fun, right? But when you said that you had one more snow thing, this one more snow story. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I lick your boom boom down. 
I don't uh, get that. <laughs> you don't know that. Informer, I mean, informer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Snow. Oh. That's the artist that does oh, the song. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. And Tremendous the play by Brewski. Yeah. 12 Inches of Snow was the name of the album. That's hilarious. I, I, I'm disappointed in myself when I don't get musical pop culture references. So kudos. Yeah, I, I mean, that was deep from Bruce. I appreciate the hell out of it. A little too obscure, but I just, I don't know. I wanted to say Licky Boom Boom Down, you know? <laughs> I love Check it. that what off you your say? bucket list for the show. You made it an informer uh, reference. <laughs> so. who, do, who doesn't like to lick a boom boom down, you know? Hey, I hear you, baby. Hear you. Sometimes you're the right lady, you know? Speaking Indeed. of licking boom, boom, down, I wonder what's in our future. I mean, you got any Ooh. boom, Who, boom, you know, I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, do you want to hear about boom, boom, or do you want to hear about uh, colonoscopy adventures with me? Like, wh- wh- what part of my body do we uh, want to explore first? So. I mean, uh, let's let's be real. I mean, someone put a camera in Steve, and he went to sleep, and he came home. He's all good now. What up with the boom, boom, dude? yeah (laughs) you don't even want to hear my escaping the hospital tale i mean that well i guess so give it to me okay well we'll make this brief and then we'll get in the boom boom yes exactly (laughs) in the boom boom i don't know if anyone licked or not but uh, (laughs) a couple of things before i even get to how i escaped from this so i uh as we talked about on the previous show i had a colonoscopy last week and i had um i had no one to drive me so i i wasn't sure how i was getting home and all that but I'm just mystified and disturbed over the fact that they drugged me and just violated the hell out of me. And I have <laughs> I have no memory of it. I have no feeling of it. And I'll tell Your you, really, bottom wasn't sore at all. No, I mean when I first got out of there, I felt like maybe somebody got to first base with me, you know, a little, <laughs> little finger poking, but it did not hurt at all. I did not really feel violated. But first of all, when they gave me the propofol. Propofol? Propofol. Propofol. Isn't it? Propofol? Yeah, they gave it in my IV. And I remember thinking, like, I do this thing. Whenever I take, like, NyQuil or something, I always try to fight the effects. I want to see how long I can stay awake for. And so she's like, all right, so the propofol is going in you now. And I'm thinking, like, all right, I can feel it. Let me see how long I can stay awake for. That is the last thing I remember. I mean, (laughs) you were out. Yes. I mean, it just knocks you out. And then the next thing I knew, like, it's time warp. Like, I'm, I'm awake in my hospital bed now, back in the little room. And <laughs> they literally blew hot air up my ass, I found out. Like, they stick CO2 up there. They have to expand your colon so they can see it. So I'm unconscious on this table, and I'm rolled over on my side when I passed out, and I'm naked. I mean, I got a, you know, smock on or whatever it is. But Johnny, yeah. covering your bottom. No, I mean, so vulnerable. <laughs> and first they stick a hose up there and blow hot air up there, CO2, and then they shove a camera up there. And what do they, how did they get the CO2 in your bottom? I assume a hose. I mean, I don't think they're, you know, maybe they take hits and then blow it in your ass or something. <laughs> like whippets. Yeah, exactly. And it was so well, funny. I told my. I told my kids the night before I was getting this thing done, and my son Crosby's like, "Well, what? Is, what is it?" I'm like, "Well, they have to put a camera inside of me to look at, you know, things." And he was like, "How do they put a camera inside of you?" And I'm like, "Well, they don't use my mouth." And Crosby's just like, "Stop! Stop! 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 Don't tell! You know, I don't want to hear anything more." He knew in his mind they were going to put it in your bottom. Yes, I have a hose go up my butt with a camera on the tip, and um, so yeah, that whole time warp thing is crazy, and just how violated I was, and that I. I mean, I guess, is this what being roofied is? Like, I woke up and I had no memory. I couldn't feel. I mean, it was it's crazy to me. So you're saying the doctors played just the tip with you? 
I think so. No, I think I got way more than the tip, actually. I mean, it started the first page, but they got all the way by the time that procedure was done. So they must lube up your bottom. I don't know. I don't know. Did they lube the scope? Did they KY up my ass? I mean, I actually don't know, and I don't know that I want to know. I mean, it's, it is so weird that I was just out. It's like that Seinfeld episode where they knock him out and then, you know, I'll have sex with him sit there or whatever. I mean, so that part's mystifying to me for sure. <laughs> No sore, no soreness on your bottom. No, I mean I will. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a champion that way. Like I can take one. You know? <laughs> when will it become creepy that I am calling it your bottom? <laughs> uh, never or already, but I'm just used to that. So you know, there's a certain creepiness to this entire show. Yeah, but uh, yeah, lubed up, violated. Uh, do they clean me up when it's done? Do they take a little wet wipe or something? I'm like, sure, uh, dude. I don't know. Did don't you know. have any questions for the doctor before I didn't, things started? No, or? no. I, I, it's like I don't want to really know too much information. I trust you. You go do what you got to do down there. Wake me you're up. A, you're done. too trusting, dude. You've been telling me you trust all these people. Why are you so trusting? You're not skeptical of anyone. Are you a sex offender? You had no questions. I mean, I guess if you're going to be a sex offender and love violating men's asses, that's a good career to go into. <laughs> For sure it is, dude. I'm the son of a doctor. I trust the medical procedures and whatnot. Okay. So. I'm not here to drive the car. I'm just a passenger. So, yeah, I'm just going to lay here and take my little pill or my, uh, my sleeping medicine. <laughs> I won't remember anyway, right? Yeah. And that really the, is weird, you know? The, the, they're lightly caressing your cheek while they're putting the hose in there. In your they're, whis- they're, they're whispering in your ear saying, <laughs> just relax. Just let it happen. Yes, just let it happen. Listen, dude, I told you that I took that medication before where I didn't have any recollection. It is. It's a creepy feeling, dude. And I uh, I mean, unless I absolutely had to, I wouldn't do it again because it really creeped me out. Not because I thought something happened, but just to lose, I don't know, six hours of your right day it's, or it's whatever is kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. And I know something happened and it's still, you know, <laughs> it's disturbing. And There's it was with mystery. your bottom, dude. It was I mean, with it my was, bottom. Fat <laughs> <laughs> bottom girls, baby. So, uh, yeah. And by the way, when the doctor's like, do you have questions? I'm like, are you, do you need tips? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trusting you to take the, take the wheel here. <laughs> Let me know at the end how it goes. So, but so yeah. everything came out. Okay. For lack, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, uh, they did a biopsy, and that's still a week or two away. But they um, they told me that you, you look good. There was no uh, polyps of any kind. There was no, uh, what do they call it, Crohn's and some other crap in yourself disease thing. They can Crohn's see. Crohn's and colitis. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bruce. Nice job. So I'm free of all that. So that is not what was causing the issue. Um, so I don't know if we're going to get an answer out of this because I went into it from this gastrointestinal issue I've been having, but it's also, we're at the age of life, gentlemen, where we're supposed to be having this done. So I know yeah. I'm, I'm cancer free. I don't have to have this done again for another 10 years. So that's awesome. So 56 nice. until I have to be, you know, violated the next time. Can't wait to see where life's at at that point. Who's driving me home. <laughs> don't but yeah. So, um, short of this biopsy results coming back, um, everything was clean and clear. Speaking of not clean and clear though, on the biopsy, uh, Nick, unfortunately, knows this story, but that night when I did get home, and I'll tell you how I pulled that off, um, I had my first bowel movement. Oh, boy. Nothing but blood. I mean, it was just blood. Blood, 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 blood. 
enough blood to make a vampire horny dude it was a shot glass of blood yeah and that's probably a conservative estimate it was it was a lot of blood where i freaked out it was like oh my because they tell you there's a one in ten zillion chance we could perforate your colon and if that happens you'll bleed you you need need emergency surgery and so yeah yeah i had my first movement i looked down i'm like oh my god (laughs) like the entire bowl is just red and that freaked me out. But it apparently it was from the biopsy because when they do the cut for the biopsy, you bleed. And yeah. so that's front of the line now because your colon's empty. So as the stool forms behind it, it pushes all the blood all the way through. Wow. Woo, I immediately called my dad, who's a doctor. I was just like, uh, is this bad? <laughs> I'm shitting blood. And he was like, it could be bad, but let's slow down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Probably from the biopsy. He's like, you know, if you get an intense abdominal pain tonight, go immediately to the emergency room. Otherwise, your next movement or two, it should thin out. And honestly, the next one, it was gone. So, it, you know, it was fine. But, but yeah, the big problem I had was there was no one to uh, drive me home. And as we discussed on last week's show, there was a big, you know, question. Could I drive myself home? And how would I get out of the hospital? Because they have rules and procedures and and it was depressing as shit, by the way, to be showing up for something like this and be alone. You know, there's a chair in this little room for your person to be sitting there. And my chair was empty. Wait. Did you feel depressed? I did. I don't like being in a hospital room, getting ready to do, be knocked out and have nobody there for me. How sad. I, you know what? I thought about this. I, I did. Yes, I know you did. <laughs> so, yes. I did think about this. All right. Now, listen. I I just wonder because I go to the doctor for procedures all the time by myself. Yeah. I'm wondering if it is sad for you because I suppose I have the option. Yes. Is that you think what it is? I mean, would you feel just as sad if no one was there but you had the option? Nick, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm trying to really get into your heart. Yes, it's the fact that there was not an option. Like, there is no person of mine to come with me. That's sad. So, uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the, the lack of choice that had me walking down the side of the road, hitchhiking alone after my colonoscopy. Wearing ripped purple pants. Exactly. And if you don't get all these references, you don't, we can't be friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, anyway, so yeah. So did, did you hitch a ride home? Uh, so here's how it went down. You know, I show up at the hospital and immediately they're like, where's your ride home? And I said, oh, I called ahead. I told you guys, I got a hotel down the street. I took an Uber here, which I didn't. My car was parked outside. And I said, you know, when the procedure's over, I'm going to call Uber. They're going to pick me up. They're like, oh, perfect. Why don't you give us the Uber number and we'll call Uber for you? And I was like, oh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, I don't know do what you're doing. Yeah, I was like, it's on an app on my phone, so I'll, I'll do it when we're done. Uh, so you guys tell me, like, we need to be all done, and I need to be ready to walk out of here before I order this Uber, which I don't even have Uber on my phone. Like, I don't. This yeah. all bullshit. So we get through the whole procedure, and um, at the end of it, you know, the woman's like, all right, you're about 10 minutes away from being able to walk out of here, so why don't you order your Uber? I'm like, oh, okay. And I told Nick this. I sent myself a fake text. I don't even know how Uber works because I've never done it. But I just sent myself a text saying, your Uber will arrive in 10 minutes. (laughs) That is so funny, dude. (laughs) Did you show it to the person? I never needed to, but I was ready to. Like, I had it ready to go. Look, it's right here. Exactly. So I I did what I felt was uh, just a a brilliant maneuver. So the woman, (laughs) I wake up from this whole thing, and she... 
Am I missing something? What do you like? No, that's why I'm laughing. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, so the woman, uh, she comes over to my bed, and I'm I'm dressed to this point, and she brings out over the uh, what do you have, the discharge papers for me to sign. Right. So first, I'm like, let me sign those, like give them to me now, because I'm like, this is once I've signed this, you don't have any rights over me. So I immediately sign it. And I tell the woman, like, Uber's, you know, they're coming. Like, I got my text. They're going to be here in 10 minutes. But I was like, hey, by the way, like, I really need to pee. Can I use the bathroom real quick before I go? I got to go pee. Right. And she's like, yeah, but then I need to walk you out of the hospital. I have to walk you to your Uber. And this is where I started thinking, like, I'm just going to run, lady. Like, you can walk me to the curb like I want. I'm making a break for it. I'm going to keep on walking. So she walks me around the corner to this little side hallway where the bathroom is. And she's like, there's the bathroom. And then she turns and leaves. And I look around and I'm like, there's nobody here. So I just fucking walked right out of the hospital. Make a break for it, baby. I bolted. And they, that is there was, so funny, dude, that you're looking around corners and just yes. you know, Mission Impossible thing. Exactly. I felt like a spy breaking into the office to take pictures on the microfiche or something. Like, Did you have adrenaline or were you fine? Well, I, you know, I tell you, I, I wasn't sure if that was going to work, if that was going to be my opportunity or not. I actually did have to be. But um, as soon as the opportunity presented itself, I'm like, no one's around. Like, what are you going to do to me? So, yeah, I just walked on out of there. And I figured if they call me, I'm just going to say, like, oh, I peed. I came out. You weren't there. My Uber was here. So I left. Be so yeah. funny, dude. If so you I just walked caught. straight on out of there. And by the way, I was totally fine. I was wide awake. I was not inebriated in any way, shape, or form. I was Champion. like, you know, challenge accepted. I'll drive after being knocked out. And um, yeah, so. Well, good, dude. I'm glad everything went well. Yes, absolutely. it did. It was a, so it was I can't a, wait to hear about the biopsy, though. I want to hear about the meat and the potatoes of your <laughs> adventure, you know. I think I flushed all those out. And by the way, this whole, uh, you know, flushing of the system, it, I mean, you got to remember, I started this whole problem because I had uncontrollable diarrhea. And then to solve it, they give me uncontrollable diarrhea. <laughs> so my original experience was 20 times worse than what the medication did to me. So I actually didn't find it to be too bad per se. Perfect. Well, how are we doing, dude? Because uh, I don't know if you continued with this experiment or not, but you were going to stop taking your uh, yes. your medicine to make your stool harder and yep. see if your body had reset. Have you done that? I have. So, you know, for the 24 hours before this procedure, you're not allowed to take any medication at all of any kind. So I figured, why not just continue? Like, I've made it through. I've flushed the entire system clean. So I have not gone back to taking that medicine. I'm having a little trouble telling because there was one day this week where I, I did have diarrhea. But the days before and the days since, I haven't. Um, there's been a few days where I have two movements a day, which is unusual for me. It's usually only one, but it wasn't diarrhea. It wasn't uncontrollable. I could feel it coming on. Like, so I, did you eat any peanuts? No. So that's the other thing. Like we, uh, this is probably going to end up being some sort of food allergy or something. And I was telling Nick that, uh, you know, a few weeks back, there was one day where I just had a, I had a peanut butter sandwich and I had a whole bunch of peanuts and I got really sick and I started wondering, have I developed a peanut intolerance? Because, on this new micro fasting thing I'm doing nowadays, peanuts have become a favorite of mine. I just snack on those all day. And uh, yeah, I'll Get tell you. I... Get your roasted peanuts here. Oh, don't tempt me. Nuts. What are you doing? Wave that at my face, Bruce. 
So yeah, I haven't had peanuts since then, and I haven't uh, I haven't experimented to see if maybe that is the cause of all of this stuff or not. But um, I don't know. I'm feeling a little unstable internally, but nowhere near how this whole thing started. So I, because they also said this is going to mess with your bowel movements for the next week or two because you've really you know tampered with your internal plumbing. So we'll see. I got to wait for this biopsy. I'll go back to my doctor. We'll keep trying to vet all this out, but. Show is so much more depressing than it was 20 years ago, dude. I mean, we, we, we have really become old and just have the so time. many ailments and shit. Yeah. I'd like to think we're more relatable now. We were invincible in our 20s, and now we have ailments. So so there is right. that. So so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun little thing. But I'm proud of myself for busting out of the hospital, driving myself home. Just goddamn fun. Well, you are a champion. Thank you very much, sir. So, yes. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's the bottom of that story. And, uh, <laughs> your bottom's okay now, dude. Yeah, got a nice bottom. So uh, I don't know. I think that's all I have to share. Let's uh, wrap the show up. Hey, dude, I got more. <laughs> I mean, I got more to share. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, I got a little game we're gonna play here. Or, but are you done sharing? You've changed your mind <laughs> in certain things. Like we're not talking about anything. No, we can. We can. We don't have to if you changed your mind. No, I haven't. But uh, Brewski is completely unaware of all of this stuff. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm choosing to paint myself into a corner today. Uh, oh boy! Uh, you know, sometimes you need a little shove to go off the ledge. So sure. Uh, here's the deal. I um I had my second date with Radio Fan last week, and um. Oof. Things went really well. Sparks and magical things <laughs> were shooting out of every part of my body. Out of sight. Yeah. So we went out and uh, we did axe throwing because why waste a good idea on one date? And um, That's harsh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not wait, but you know what I mean. Like, um, uh, yeah. So we went out and um, the date itself was really good. We had a really fun time. We threw axes, and this place uh, down in uh, down off the hill there has uh, food and alcohol at this axe place, unlike the one from my other second date story. And, um, yeah, we had a really great night. Um, and then, I don't know. You know me. You had a great night, dude. What are you talking about? I mean... I'm talking. I'm I'm focusing just on this part of the night. You know, we had a very good second date. We, yeah, we had a lot of fun throwing axes. We talked a lot about music and life and all that kind of stuff. And lots in common, sparks. Lots of stuff in common. I wouldn't say sparks were flying necessarily at that moment. Like I was certainly feeling a strong connection and thinking like I, I really like this woman. We're talking about second date now, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, first date was a little formal. I mean, like a lot of first dates are. You're just sure. interviewing each other and feeling each other out. So first date seemed to be a big ball of confusion. Name I did leave a little confused. Uh, in because the van, she... Brisky. What? Brisky. In the van. Oh, what, what are we talking about? You just threw me off. I did? Yeah. Ball of confusion. Who sings it, Brisky? I know Land of Confusion by Genesis. But that's all I have to I was just say. I don't know ball of confusion. Who's <laughs> that? Look it up, dude. Look it up. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Explain right. your Steve, I'll look it up. Steve left the date with a big ball of confusion, as far as I can tell. Yes. The first date, I could not get a good read off of Radio Fan. And I now know it was first date. She was being guarded and protected, and she assumed it would be a waste of time and just another douchebag she's going on on a first date with. And. So then after the first date, we talked. I, I was like, you know, I, I, I was, I'm kind of interested in you, or, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get a vibe off of you. And then she was like, oh, like, I was interested in you too. And so 
then the walls kind of came down a bit with Radio Fan, and we uh, we had you know some good texting back and forth. She started sending me a bunch of music stuff off Spotify, and gentlemen, I got to tell you, I mean, this woman has just great a tasted music, including Brewski. You will appreciate this. She sent she was sending me like stuff you don't like like the adult rock and roll acoustic you know guitar guy stuff but then she'll send me like danzig mother sure. <laughs> like, like wow like you've got some you know diversity in this A so wide we're sending- spectrum yeah absolutely it's modern stuff i mean she was sending me mata hoople i was like damn girl like you're into mata hoople huh like you know it was it was a good playlist of stuff so yeah, so by the time the, the second day rolled around, defenses were down. Like it was, a, it was a better you know back and forth and you know rapport and whatnot. But this is the part that yeah, I I, don't, I, I try not to overly romanticize things. But in the moment, and I even told Nick this because he was part of it. Uh, like damn, this feels like a movie or something happening right now, because I walked her to her car at the end of the date, and. You know, I'm a gentleman, so I'm like, is it okay if I walk you to the car? Which is basically code for, do you want me to leave you alone? <laughs> or sure, can right. I follow you, you know, to the dark alley or whatever? And so, yeah, I walk her to her car. And she's like, oh, this is me. And I lean in. And she leans in. And I'm like, we're adults. We should be going for a first kiss at this point, right? If we're actually serious about this stuff. If you're both leaning in, I would think so. Right. But then... Yeah. Like in an awkward movie, like she kind of, she leaned in, but then she kind of turned a little and I'm, I start leaning in thinking like, oh shit, she doesn't want me to kiss her. She doesn't want me to kiss her. And so we hugged and it was just this like, I felt very awkward, you know, fumbling, fumbling hug. Was it the ass out hug, you know, where like you don't want to get too close, but you know, a little bit. I mean, not the total grandma buffer hug, but it was not some intimate, you know, squeeze you tight sort of hug. It was more yeah. of a, you know, thanks, buddy. Have a good, you know, <laughs> thanks. For the, yeah. Could you feel time. boobies on your chest? Uh, I know. No, 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 no. It wasn't that close. It's a bummer. Yes, it was a bummer. And so then I, you know, we hug. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, have a good night. Because now how do you go in for the kiss after you've just hugged? I just, I immediately yeah. felt super awkward and uncomfortable. And I turned and I walked away. And literally, I got around the corner and I said to myself, you fucking idiot. Like, what did you just do? <laughs> like, kiss the woman. How old are you? Like, oh, I, I, I felt completely defeated. You know, we just had this nice night. I traveled down to where she's at. And couldn't even seal the deal. Did get... you think that was it? Like, oh, she'll probably never want to see me again. I mean, that was I, I certainly time. wondered. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, uh, she's going to think I'm such a, you know, a dork now that I couldn't even go in for the first kiss. So I get in my car and uh, start driving home and I call Nick. And as I'm first starting to talk to Nick, I'm just like, ugh. Dude, like, I, I, I fucked this one up. You know, like, I don't even know what just happened. And then I get a text from her, and she says, like, hey, do you want to hang out some more tonight? Which basically, like, I mean, that translates to. I love a sausage. <laughs> I mean, I think it does, right? I don't know. It's certainly taking things up a notch, too. You know, like, you want to have a nightcap? It's that old thing, right? Yes. And I was so impressed. 
that this woman, you know, not only felt the same thing I did, like that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> Can we do take two on that? But that she would take the uh, the initiative to reach out to me and say, hey, hello, <laughs> I'm not done with you if you don't want to be done with me. She felt like the moment sucked and wanted to redo, rather have it tonight than, you know, wait and stew on this, you know. Exactly. Sure. And I was, I was blown away by that. And that story to me was kind of the movie moment of this awkward fumbling, you know, you blew the opportunity and you were all defeated. And then, you know, the woman did what I should have done. She stepped up. And also, though, I was in her town. I didn't have a way to say, do you want to come back to my house? Or I know a bar down the street. Like, I don't know. You know so. So, yeah, and I'm talking on the phone to Nick where I'm just like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, she says she wants to hang out more. And I texted her back and was like, you know, yes, I do. Like, how do I find you? And she texts me back her home address. Like, ooh, that's an escalation. <laughs> 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 and, uh, Nick, what was, what was my vibe as, uh, as I was talking to you? You were a mess, dude. I mean, you were a mess. You, uh, <laughs> you, you couldn't even string a sentence together, which is odd for you, right? You're right. usually pretty articulate. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, you went from just driving and, like, what the hell did I just do to, like, I, I got to find this. Oh, what I I mean, this is what he sounded like. I <laughs> I mean, she's, she wants me to come over. And then he would laugh a little bit. And, yeah, he was like, okay, I got to go, dude. I got to find this place. Yes. So, yeah, I went over to her house and walked in, and the first thing I said was, you know I wanted to kiss you, right? And she was like, yeah, like, are you shy? Like, <laughs> I was like, eh, a little shy. But then we both leaned in, we got the first kiss done and over. And How long did it last? I, I stuck with first kiss protocols. It was, it was oh, short. Oh, it was no tongue. No, 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 no. Not first kiss. No. no. I just on, did. Dude, you, she invited you to her house. Are you kidding me? You can't slip I get it. You gotta, nub you, you gotta work that you gotta work that up. You gotta work up to that. You I agree know. with Bruski. You can't yeah. assume that because a woman trusts you enough to invite you to her home that she just wants you to throw her to the ground. I mean and I'm yeah. not saying throw her to the ground, but put a little tongue in her mouth and see No tonsil hockey that early. Not on the first kiss. Give me an hour, fast forward, and then yes. But um so, yeah, so we got the first kiss out of the way, and then all the tension was immediately gone. And she was like, you know, do you want a beer? Like, you know, like, you know let's, sit, let's sit and talk. And So, yeah, I sat on the couch. She put a movie on. If you held a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what the movie was. I never looked at the screen once. <laughs> I was entirely focused on her. And, uh, yeah, it was really good. We sat. We kept talking. Things got a little deeper and, you know, talking more about life and the universe and parenting and divorce life and all that kind of stuff. And. It was funny. She kind of started drilling down on me at one point. She was like, you know, have you ever cheated on someone? Have you ever, uh, what was her other question? Cheating and something else. I don't know. But she was starting to get like, you know. Have you ever hit a woman? That was it. Yes. Have you ever hit a woman? Have you ever cheated on someone? And I was like, proud to say no to both of those things. And yeah, I uh, found it odd you didn't uh, ask the same question. Yeah, I know you, you ever cheated that, uh, on someone. That, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a trusting person or something. But <laughs> well, we've, we, yeah, I mean, we know that yeah, to a flaw. <laughs> so I, mean, I guess I probably should have asked that at the time. But no, I didn't. I like, uh, I don't know. So I was drilling down more on like, do you believe in, you know, the fate of the universe? <laughs> and do you, uh, you're not a Trump fan, right? Like, you know, that kind of shit. But, so then, yeah, after she asked a few questions, I, I looked at her. I was like, so what else do you wonder? And she paused, and then she just hopped on my lap. 
<laughs> oh. And then the tongue, you know, went down. The oh, and then, now there you go. That's yes. the appropriate time right there. Exactly. So uh, I will say we did not go all the way, but we had plenty of fun, uh, you know, feeling each other out literally and figuratively. And um, yeah, I left there. Uh, I left there about one o'clock in the morning. And uh, I was on cloud nine. I just was like, wow, like this woman is really fucking exciting to me. Like I haven't felt this in a while. I love this brewski, dude. This brewski is matter of fact brewski. Good. Well, no, no, (laughs) that's good. No, I love it when you get like this because you are solidifying what happens. And this is the moment I wait for to see brewski's reaction. Good. Yep. That is that is fantastic. That is good. I'm so- and I'm saying this in a compliment of way, Brisky, is that you're telling Steve exactly what he needs to hear. Yes, thank you. Brisky's usually on my side with these things. Nick's the uh, <laughs> you know the, the the concerned older parent in this scenario. Even though I'm a week older than Nick, he's always the older wiser. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it took me until 3 o'clock in the morning to get home because it was a snowstorm that night. I got stuck in my goddamn driveway at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, oh, I was outside until 3.45 taking my car out of the driveway. Uh, <laughs> it was so hilarious. So funny, dude. I can see your neighbors laying in bed like, who the fuck is that? Right. Spinning my tires. This time of the morning? <laughs> right. Yes. And honestly, if they were, I, I was hoping someone would come outside to help me push my car, and I'm debating. Do I tell him I'm just getting home or I'm getting up early to go somewhere? (laughs) Then you would have had to leave, dude, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you already had, you had horny energy, so you were fine, dude. You could have lifted a car off a child, right? Yes. I I was blue balling a little bit because we did not complete any acts uh, on my end, at least. And um, so, yeah, I I wanted desperately to smoke a bowl. (laughs) I wanted, I needed an orgasm. So I'm out in my driveway. When you got home? Well, when I finally got out of the fucking driveway, yeah, I had to. Like, that's the I needed to smoke a bowl and to blow a load so I could go to sleep. You didn't so stop I, at McDonald's to take care of that, right? Like Brewski does. <laughs> yeah. No, I probably should have. But you know, I'm out at the drunk tank time of the night. I just wanted to get home and not get pulled over and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you, as soon as I got in my house, like I'm stuck. So I ran inside. I grabbed my vape pen. I took a few hits. Then I'm like, now I'll go back outside and start digging my ass out of my own driveway at 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) Terrible, dude. And listen, part of me felt like a champion, a rock star. Like, look at me out all night. You know, I met a new woman. You know, we had a little fun. Like, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm also like hard. I mean, in the morning, you know, say I'm too old for this shit. I can't be out till four. I'm up, Reynolds. I'm up. Yes. And I did text Nick at like 3.30. Like, yeah, I'm home. I just got in my house, but uh, I'll call you when I come, you know, wake up in eight hours. But So, yeah, so uh, so there was all that. And then I started, you know, I got in my head. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I haven't talked to this woman about, you know, STDs, vasectomies. We haven't talked about the fact that uh, the vocal minority, all of this open and honesty that I do. And, oh, by the way, I haven't told her that I actually am dating other people and I just had sex with some like two weeks ago and now here sure. and I are <laughs> yeah I started yeah, thinking like I, I like this woman like I can't fuck all this up so I decided pull the pin on the grenade like so I got her on the phone the next day and was like alright I got some potential deal breakers that you know women in the past have had troubles with and first of all I smoke marijuana and she was like yeah I do too I was like 
Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Thank you for that. You kind of felt like she might have, right? After hearing some of her musical selections, hanging yes. out with her a little bit, she seemed kind of like a stoner. Yeah, she it definitely loves stoner music, but maybe she smoked in her 20s and now she's sober and doesn't want to be involved in that. You know, I've had sure. all shit in my dating experience. So that was my first concern. And she was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I smoke too. I'm like, perfect. Hallelujah. And I started telling her, like, you know, we met on a dating app, so obviously I'm dating. And I said, I had been seeing someone else. And um, I said, you know, sparks aren't flying, but, you know, nice person. And we've been spending time together. And um, we have had sex. Like, I, I should just be honest with you on that. And I have had a vasectomy, and I was screened, you know, before all that. But that's where I'm at. And, again, she was like, I get it. Like, I'm an adult. Like, we're, we're both been dating. And she said, you know, I, I've dated. She said, I, I haven't had sex in, you know, in a few months now. But I'm very unimpressed with the men in this area. But I'm <clears throat> impressed with you. So, you know, let's see where this goes. And uh, then I told her about the vocal minority. Told her, we have discussed all of this, including you. Like, you are part of the show, whether you're aware of it or not, radio fan. Uh, you're part of the top three. Isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> so she uh she went loose on the show she went to instagram and started watching the little clips and then she went and found the well i, I told her how to find it she wouldn't you know track down the uh, the full show on the on spotify and <clears throat> and a short answer is she's a fan of the show she thinks we're funny she gets what we're trying to do she can tell we're all best buds and she spoke very highly of both of you two by the way and brewski <laughs> the reason nick brought up the jerking off at mcdonald's thing she apparently fell out of her chair laughing she thought that was hilarious <laughs> because that's the first episode by the way she listened to nick asking us all about our masturbation habits and where we, <laughs> where we jerk off at and it's all right a guy wonders you know right well now she doesn't have to wonder because she uh she heard it all but uh, yeah so yeah um but now this uh, of course puts me in the conundrum of um i don't really want to be having sex with two women at the same time that's just not in my my fiber yeah, I, I kind of thought maybe things would go a little slower with any of these women. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I had therapy today, discussed this all thoroughly with Misty, and uh, I, I'm going with my gut. Uh, I'm not going to jump all in, per se, with Radio Fan. I'm not going to declare, you know, uh, allegiance immediately here. But um, I, I told her, I said, I'm not asking for you to do anything, but I don't really want to be fooling around with anyone else. I just want to focus on you and see where this goes. So as I started this off saying, I painted myself in a corner. Um, I, I, I'm i going to break up with, uh, with the, the Valley girl. And I'm not going to break up. You're just going to let her know that you don't want to see her anymore. Right. Yeah, I don't want to get my terminology confused here. You're right. We're not in a relationship. Uh, right. So, yes, but I, I we're going to I'm going to stop seeing her so I can focus on something else and see where it goes. And now that I've just said this on the podcast, it's going to go live tonight at midnight. So, now I have between now and midnight to actually call this woman ah! and, uh, and end things with her cuz otherwise ah! she's going to tune in tomorrow and hear it for herself and I don't want to be a dick about this. I could no. text her. I could ghost her, but that's not what no. I'm going to do. And as my therapist told me today, like my concern is I don't like hurting people. I know it's going to hurt her feelings. And I, I'm, I'm just not that guy. I don't want to. But she said, you know, your intention is not to hurt her. If that is the result of it, that that's on her end. It's yeah. Yours. So do it like a, a matured adult and let the chips fall where they may. And you're all adults dating. You've only you've only been seeing her for you know less than two months, and 
So it's better to just, you know, do that now than to to milk it on and then do it down the String road. it along and that sort of thing, yeah. Right. And, and most but, most people would, would appreciate that. That's certainly what I'm hoping for, guys. I do not yeah. I don't like breaking up or I don't like I don't like whatever we're calling this. I don't like firing people. I don't like, you know, I don't like having to I don't like having to hurt people, but um Yeah. It's do what you I, want to practice on me. Do you uh, do you want to practice on me? <laughs> Sure, sure. Would you like to role play this with me? Yeah, I can. I mean, I think it's important because let's be clear. Like you have always spoken well about uh, Valley Girl. Yeah. And uh, she's. you said she's one of the nicest people you've ever met. Yes. That's a lot to be said. So we're going to take it easy on her. We're going to be upfront and honest. But uh, yeah, let's let's do a little role play. Uh, <sighs> I, I want you to do well. Okay, let's. Let's try this out. Uh, hey, Valley Girl, <laughs> how's the day going? It's going great. It's better now that I can hear from you. Yeah, well, about that. Uh <laughs> you always make my day better. <laughs> uh, she literally texted me before we started recording the show, like, I hope you have a great show, a little purple heart. Like, uh, See, I know, and I'm not doing this to be funny. I'm doing this to really let you know that it could be some of this, all right? No, I get it. And my part of my conundrum is... I got to jump to it, right? I don't have chit chat for 10 minutes. And then be like, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> I think it's going to make it harder on you. And it's probably not the best for her. I think, you know, you just go in there and cut her throat. Yeah. Well, all right, Valley Girl. I uh, I had I, I had therapy today and I had a I had a good session. And, um, you know, I was I was talking with Misty and my my head's been a little spinning of late because um, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, you know, the back in this dating world and uh, a little confused about a lot of things, but, um, I, I need to tell you, like, listen, um, I have, uh, I've really enjoyed the, the time we've had together. Me but- too. This has been the best, <laughs> this has been the best two months of my life. Well, I, I think you should in my life without you. You should really hold on to those memories because <laughs> it's about to go from current events to memory. So. Oh, we, we, we that was terrible. That was terrible. What? I'm trying to set it up. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be ready for her to jump in, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, just be like, uh, you know, this is where I would say, I would say, you know what? It's been so nice hard. for me too. It, I mean, I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I just got a filibuster. I don't think I can let her jump in, right? I don't know if you have a choice. I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, try and filibuster as best you can. But if she jumps in, I think it's I think it's appropriate to say, you know what? I've enjoyed my time with you as well. Where I am at right now, I I you know, you knew I wasn't looking for anything serious and I um I don't want to continue this relationship. This <laughs> you know like I I don't. Don't call it a relationship though. It's not a relationship, right? I don't want to I don't want to continue this <laughs> friendship. <laughs> where, friendship. Where we have sex sometimes, I don't know what uh, you call it. I just have to spit it out. Listen, uh, I'm, I, 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 Misty told me, don't say sorry. You're not sorry. I keep wanting to say like, I'm sorry. I have to say this, or I'm sorry. I'm doing this. I together. get it. You're right, and I, you're you shouldn't. But I, I get how you're feeling. I mean, I would feel the same way. Listen, I've really enjoyed my time with you, and the last thing I want to do is hurt you. You're an amazing person, but my. I, Fuck. You see how hard this is already? <laughs> yeah, it is, dude. Yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> I, um, uh, 
Uh, can you call keep, Nick? Nick's got something to tell you. Can I give him? Keep this in mind, dude. This is what I will say. You know what? This is why fuck people who say, you know what? It's easier to blow a relationship up and just be like, fuck you. Get into a fight and we'll break up that way. Yeah, this right. is the way to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's hard, but this is the way to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would, what I would suggest is I would uh, say, I would remind recap that when you started to uh, talk with her and before mm. you went out on your first date, you said, Hey, you know, we talked about how we were both free to go out and date and see other folks right. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, that's obviously been going on and we agreed that we would be honest with one another about where we were and what we were doing and that sort of thing, because we're all adults here. You know, and uh, so I've been dating other than you. And, you know, I I went out a few times with, with another person that I feel a real strong connection with and that I just kind of feel like I need to focus on that particular direction because I'm not somebody that is good at dating multiple people at, at one time. Right. So this is the big conundrum I had. Uh, you know, I had a female friend of mine three years ago when I was first dating tell me when I had to dump another woman when I met my my ex. She, Emily, she told me, like, do not tell this woman that you met somebody else. No woman wants to hear that they're, that they lost, that they're, somebody's better than them and you're picking somebody over them. And so three years ago, I did not get into that. And I was asking Misty today, like, do I get into the, like, I feel like I should just say, in part because she's going to listen to the podcast, that I should just be honest. Like, yeah, I, I did meet some of the other ones we we're talking about, and I just feel like I have a stronger connection, and I just, I want to pursue that, and I can't be with two people at once. And that feels like the honest way to do it. But even Misty was like, don't go there. Like, you can say you met someone else, but stop there. Like, don't get into the other side of it. That is not her business or concern. You simply need to tell this woman, Valley Girl, that this, I'm not getting what I, you know, this relationship is not giving me what I, what I was hoping for. I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm going to pursue something different or better. I don't know. Well, but oh, I, like me. I said, though, as long as, <laughs> I, I, I think if you so preface hard. it, I think if you preface it, though, with, reminding her of the conversation that you both had. Cause I remember you saying you had that conversation yeah, with did. her and, and because then it kind of softens the blow because it, re, it, it reminds her that this conversation was had prior to all this and that you both agreed that you would be honest with one another. And there's going to be hurt feelings, obviously, yeah. but if you remind them ahead of time that we talked about this, and we agreed that we would be honest and that this is what I'm doing. I'm owning up to that. I'm, I'm honoring that, right. that we agreed to. I think that that kind of makes it less hurtful because you're doing what, you know, the whole thing when they say, say what you mean, mean what you say. Yeah. Now you're doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, Nick, maybe you started out by saying, Hey, in the spirit of our initial conversation on honesty and being upfront with each other. Absolutely. I need to talk to you and just let you know that I've enjoyed our time together. And as of, you know, the way I'm feeling right now, I need to, I need a break from just this in general. And it's, you know, something I, I need to do. And I told you, I'd be honest with you and it's not to hurt your feelings. I think you're a wonderful person but it's just where I'm at right now. And that's correct. But then what, what she says, well, is there someone else? Did you meet one of the other top three? You know what? I don't think it's, I don't think it's appropriate. 
to talk about it. Like, you know what? That's not what even if I did, you know, that's not what this is about. Right. I told you what this I is mean, about. It is, but it's, you know, it's, it is, but it's not. I, don't know, I mean, yeah, it's not. I don't know. It, it's not. Yeah. I mean, you're not that feeling sounds so sparks, evasive, right? though. You know what I mean? That sounds like you're, you've got something to hide. I know, I know nobody wants to be coming in second and all that sort of thing. But I just think that when you say, I don't think it's appropriate if we talk about that. Now, now you're not completing that, that, um, what you agreed to where you would you agree to be honest well with, hold with yeah listen i don't part of me wants to say like you know yes i did meet one of the others and i, I you know i am going to focus on that if she then says well what's different about her or what's better about then i would say like exactly that, that's not the conversation we're having here that's that's not relevant to you and me like exactly. i've really enjoyed my time with you but this isn't it, this just isn't what my heart was looking for but and, keep in uh, mind that's going to get you into an argument i feel like because well, but that's have, fine. Like, I won't let it go into an argument. If she starts going off on me, I'll let her vent and just say, like, listen, I'm I'm really sorry. My intention with this was never to hurt you. I'm just trying to be honest that my heart wants something different. And I'm I just I, I need to go down that path. So I'm really sorry. Oh, I'm really sorry. Go ahead and vent and then goodbye. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. You started out just like that and say in the spirit of our initial conversation and us being upfront and honest with each other, start it like that. Uh, yeah. But still, do I, do I dangle out right away though? Like, yes, I, I have met somebody and it's something I, I feel I need to focus on that and in the fairness to all of us, but that's what I feel like could be an argument because she, you had some weird agreement with her. Well, if she wants to, yeah, listen, I had told her if I was going to go out with someone else, I would tell her just about the date that I was going to do it. She said, I don't want to hear about the details. And Nick and I both agreed after the fact, like, I shouldn't have said that. Like, it, it, I should only have to tell her if something is materializing. I shouldn't exactly. have to just tell her if I went on a first date with whoever, right? right even if the date would have sucked, it would have been awkward and just not productive to bring that up with her. Exactly. And I did do another. So. Because, because you would only do that with, with a friend, not somebody that you were potentially being romantic with. Right. You, no. you know, so so I don't that's the thing is you said that you told her that you would tell her if you were going on on the dates and she probably said, oh, that's cool. But I don't think she actually expected you to say, hey, you know, next Tuesday I'm going on a date with. You know, Jane, or next yeah. Wednesday, I'm going on a date with, yeah. you know, Joanne. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was a little vague. Part of me, the, the way I originally <laughs> took it was, if you're going to go on a date, tell me. Like, I don't want to hear the details, but just tell me. And then yeah. talking to Nick, I was like, I should only have to tell her if something comes of the date, not just exactly. The, that's you know, the way like, I see it. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So. And the only, I mean, if just like you're doing now. Like if you're maybe the possibility comes that you're going to be intimate with somebody else in any fashion, whether you're sleeping with them or just fooling around with them, like that would be the time to either exit stage left or let me know. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, even in our little run through here, I haven't actually spit any of this out. Like I, I need to get this down a little smoother. Try it one more time. Try it. I mean, we've collected our thoughts a little bit here in the spirit of transparency and honesty, like we initially talked about when we started. Well, dating. here's my problem, though. I still don't know if I just kind of lay it out that, you know, I did go out on another date and I do, you know, I met somebody that I feel I have a, a really strong connection with and I want to go pursue that. That seems like the right way to do it. But my therapist was basically saying, like, no, that's too far. Like, don't get into strong the same thing. Right. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't. You know what? I, maybe if she asks you 
Did you meet? Are you seeing somebody else or something like that? Maybe you could say it then. I wouldn't offer it up. Yeah, Misty said at that point, you can acknowledge, yes, we had talked about this, that I would see other people, but that's that's not what we're talking about right now. Right. Like, um, this is about you and me, and I, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed my time with you. I think you're a great person, but my uh, my heart just wants to you know pursue another avenue, and that's that's no knock on you. And obviously, my intention here is not to hurt your feelings. It's just to be open and honest with you. That's perfect. Boom. Okay. I think it's perfect right there, dude. I mean, it's it's Click. short, caring, <laughs> and complete. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I could just text that, can I? <laughs> I wish you could, dude. Yeah. I mean, you have that option, but I oh, you know I can't. Kind of gotta, I got a man up. I yeah, mean, you gotta you know, do it, dude. These are big boy things I've gotten myself into, so. I mean, it's it's just like I said. I have a I have a big heart. I have empathy. I don't like hurting somebody. But as my therapist said, your intention is not to hurt her. If your intention was, you would ghost her or text her, or be a douchebag like that. Yes. So, and her point was, if she's going to be hurt, that's on her end. That's how she is taking this. She's an adult too that's gotten into the dating world. Mm-hmm. And then I said, but the problem is this podcast. She's going to go listen to it and hear the whole story that I do like somebody else, and I am going to go pursue that. And she said, just like with your other ex, that is her choice to listen. And if she decides to listen, however that affects her, that's on her. That's not on you just because you have a public job. She knows that we'll be discussing it, and and she probably shouldn't listen. I mean, for her mental health, I wouldn't listen. I mean, I would do everything I could to stay away from that, right? right? So hopefully she won't listen to it, and things will go well for her, dude. All right. So I'm still vague on the answer. Should I start off with, you know, we talked about the fact that I am going to see some other people and I did meet someone that I you know want to focus on or do I, I, I think the way you said it, that my heart wants to explore different avenues right now. And I think you're a great person, but okay. You know, so just go straight to that. To, yeah. And if she asks, you can say, like we talked about, you know, we both had the option to date other people. That's where we were in our dating. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I've, I've done that. And I, I have found someone that I want to explore a little bit. That's not a knock on you. I think you're a great person. But, well, but so right there, though, you are saying to say that I met someone. If she asks. Only if she asks. Only if she asks. Okay. All right. So there you go. Bruce, so, do you, do you stand? No, yeah, I think, I think, I think it, you know, I, I think so. Yeah. You know, my, my whole thing is, is, is just stay consistent, you know, stay on the, on that same message that, that you shared with her when you for both first started to see one another, you know, so that she's not trying to say that you blindsided her with this and you weren't upfront and honest with her remind you, I say reinforce that, that that was the agreement and that you're honoring that. And that, because then that way you're letting her know that your feelings and your intentions have stayed true and, and you're not trying to screw her over, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's all the reality of it. I didn't go into this to hurt anyone. I went into it to meet different people and yeah, there's always a possibility you meet someone you click with and you know, you focus on them for a while and, and by for a while, I just mean like, I'm not trying to like uh, propose to the woman tomorrow. I'm just saying like, let's go down the path and see where this goes. You know, cautiously optimistic is the word that I used in therapy today. And Misty said that is exactly where you should be. Optimistic is good. Feeling exciting is good. But, you know, be cautious, be guarded, you know, and, and proceed. Are you uh, at this point in time? I mean, are you good if a radio fan sees other people? Um. Yes. Uh, I mean, 
when we had this chat, she said the same thing of like, I've, I've been doing some dating. I'm not real impressed, but I'm impressed with you. So I'd like to just focus on you. But if she called me and said, like, yeah, I'm going to go out with Larry tomorrow night. Like, I can't be a hypocrite about things. So I would say, you know, yeah, go ahead. If something comes of that, you, you know, just be open and honest with me. So I'm not dangling in the breeze, which I guess is what I'm doing now on the other side. And if you have sex with her. Well, you uh, you expect just to say like, "Hey, I'm having sex with someone else too." Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we ever had that discussion, but that would be something coming of a first date if you end up having sex with somebody. So that would fall under that umbrella of yeah. if something comes of it, you should be open and honest and tell me. So uh, that's what I'm trying to do, and if it hurts your feelings, I that's that's not my intention. So that's about all I can control are my intentions, right? Yep. That's all you can do. Go into yep. it with a good heart like you have and uh, just you got to take care of it, dude. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, I have uh, I forced myself into doing it today because uh, the show will go live in the next 24 hours and it would be a dick move to let her hear it like this. So. So, yeah, I mean, you know, radio fan and I are going out Saturday night and I got a fun date planned and all that. So I have no choice but to uh, do it before then. But what's the point of dragging it out a few more days? Right. Just rip the bandaid off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's respectful to her, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. So there you go. That is the latest in the saga of the top three. And by the way, the professor, uh, you know, I sent her a nice Merry Christmas text and I haven't heard from her since. Ah, and that's that's done. Yeah, I mean, and she had told me, like, my January is really booked up. I got work trips and all that, but... You could still reach out and respond to a text. Yes. Exactly. So I don't feel like that's certainly worth pursuing. No. I'll tell you, there's so much about Radio Fan that is just, like, top shelf. I mean, she, you know, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, based on our conversations and fooling around, uh, she is drop-dead freaking gorgeous. Like, you know, I don't know... At this stage of like, you know, the first dating stages, like, I'm not sure what else I would be looking for. So if something doesn't stick, you know, we haven't talked about that, actually, you know, but I don't get that gist at all that she's religious. And I told her that I was railing on religion and pissed off Brewski because I, I told her, like, you know, people on the on the show have been pissed off at me. So certainly you could be. So you may want to go listen and make sure you don't think I'm some flaming asshole before we continue down the road here. Sure. And I told her, like, I pissed Bruski off on religion. I was railing on that. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, no, I haven't actually specifically asked that. But, um, you know, I, I get the vibe that it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. So my point is she's top shelf. There's nothing else right now that on paper I would go, oh, this one's worth the first date or second date. I would like to pursue this. And then if the relationship on its own deteriorates, then, you know, keep my eyes open and whatnot. But Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, and at the end of the day, I, I feel I, I don't like hurting somebody's feelings, but I have to be true to what I want. And, you know, I'm excited about where where it can go with radio fans. So I'm trying to, you know, keep that that magic in mind as I do something I feel a little, you know, mean about or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There you go, dude. Well, we give you the seal of approval. Oh, now you are a champion. All right. The whole point of all of this stuff with documenting it was to uh, pursue the path and see where it goes and share these experiences with everyone. And I'm sure you guys and people in the audience can relate to these sorts of uh, ups and downs and conundrums of dating and whatnot. And part of me wishes I was more of a quote unquote typical guy that would just text her or ghost her or say, who fucking cares, lady? But, you know, that's not me. And uh, So, yeah, but I got to be uh, got to be real about all this. Absolutely. 
So you know, yeah. be a stand-up champion, Stephen. So next week's show, I will have had this uh, fun date I'm planning, and I will uh, have obviously broken up with a uh, or ended <laughs> dating or whatever we're calling this with divorce girl. <laughs> yeah, no, I got enough. Oh no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so there'll be some uh, fun updates coming on next week's episode of the. Volume. And Steve, you gotta try injecting into a mouth. Flavors are unbelievable. Yeah, I'll give you the reviews. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And yeah, I'm not trying to be a total horn dog, but we had a pretty in-depth discussion about likes and dislikes in the bedroom. And uh, woof, woof, yeesh, yeah, this should be fun. She uh, checked every box I have ever, ever, ever talked about, done, fantasized about, or anything else. Every box, there were none left yes. unchecked. No. Any no. new boxes? No. No. I believe there is. What? I believe there may be. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, you're right. Sorry. There's a, a certain phenomenon that we have discussed on this show where she wanted to warn me ahead of time. Like, um, yeah, I, I, I may squirt a little, just so you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a phenomenon. Right. So I was like, oh, hey, we talked about that in the show. You should see this clip. I sent it over to her. <laughs> you know, you so. might want to invest in a set of rubber sheets. It's funny. I, I have order a new mattress pad on my uh, list of things to do this week. <laughs> Just right, nice. uh, you're getting all prepared, dude. Like a layer like, of protection there. You're getting there you fire go. ready. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, the good news is, uh, you know, yeah, I'm excited about uh, what to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. So on we go in the journey. Who knows where it'll be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. But uh, I continue to be open and honest and share. So. Well, as Steve and maybe Brisky, too, uh, I get a lot from a person in general, but uh, especially a woman when they reveal their musical taste to me. And uh, so far, so good. I uh, am excited to, uh, to continue down this path to see what else she is into and what she is not into, which brings up my next topic, gentlemen. Hmm. Uh, cover tracks. Uh-huh. Fan? Are you a fan of cover tracks, Brewski? Um, Depends on how they're done. I, I don't mind them. But in a good cover, what do you prefer? Something that stays true to the song or something that they make into their own? Kind of a little bit, a little bit of both, like uh-huh. staying kind of true to, to the original. But, you know, you're putting your own little creativity on it as well, because I can appreciate that. Everyone has their own interpretation of a song and what it sounds like to them or what it would sound like if they were to do it. Yes. But if you start getting all I don't know, just completely just ruining it. It's where you uh, can't even tell it's the same song, basically. I mean, I agree with you. I like a little bit of both in there. I want you to make it your own, but I want you to stay true and pay homage to the original. Because it was the original that actually inspired you in the first place. There you so go. So why, why, why would you go and completely uh, deviate from it entirely? Mm. Harness? So being a former full-time, you know, musician and all that stuff, um, true bands, we sort of frown on covers because you don't want to be associated with a cover band, right? Like you're out there trying to write your own music and trying to do something. However, there are good examples of covers uh, that you can implement. And and quite frankly, there's been a lot of bands that their first ever hit is a cover. Mm. And if you're going to use it, like, yeah, just off the top of my head, Limp Bizkit did Faith by George Michael. And right. that was their first hit. And then if you've got more tricks in your bag, that's a good way to get the world to pay attention to you. And then you can build a career from there. If, if your only trick is covering some song, then I think that's weak. Um, I would agree. But uh, I am not into... Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, no, please continue. I'm not into note-for-note renditional covers that just sound like it. Um, I've been on Spotify a lot, and I've got some Metallica channel. And Metallica, with some other singer, did a like note-for-note cover of You Really Got Me. It was that the Kinks or something, I think? Yes. Yes. And, and I'm Van like, Halen, yeah. Why? Why? Why would you just cover it? It sounds like the original. I don't even get this. Anthrax, I heard a cover of some other song where I'm like, it's a note-for-note cover. You're singing it like the singer. You're playing it like, I don't, I don't understand the point of that. I'm not saying you have to totally change it to unrecognizable, although sometimes that is good, and I do appreciate that. Okay. But yeah, I think if you're going to do a cover, you got to put your own taste on it, your own spin on it. Otherwise, you're just a fucking jukebox cover band. All right, we got a couple of uh, varying views here, and I agree with you both a little bit. How about that? I sure. will say this, that over the past, uh, well, especially 10 years, I think covers have become more common for big bands to do. Sure. It used to be you would never hear a, a big a Metallica do a cover, you know. Right. Uh, but they have become more popular over the, I, I would say about the last 10 years or so. So we're sure. starting to hear a lot more of them. I oh, have really, I mentioned radio fan earlier, sent me Mott the Hoople. She sent me uh, all the young dudes and I associate that song with David Bowie because he covered it for years and did a great yes. cover of it. It was pretty close to note for note, but he did his own kind of a little flavor. And, and Bob I was, Dylan did it too, didn't he? Uh, uh, did he? I don't know. Actually, I, I thought that he did. I heard Bob I'll Dylan once, you know, uh, all along the watchtower that Hendrix made famous. That's a Bob Dylan song. Exactly. And Bob Dylan famously said that I feel like I'm covering Hendrix when I play my own song now because he did such a great, you know, version of my own song. Yes, I would agree. So I yeah, you know, I, I can appreciate that. And somebody like uh, like Dave Matthews that has taken all along or um not all along the watchtower. Um, yeah. Is it that okay? Yeah. And it, what's the other one? Burning down the house, right? Yep. Yeah, like I appreciate somebody that sort of adopted it and makes it part of the live show. I don't know if I need to hear a studio version of Dave doing either of those songs. Agree, agree. Yeah. Dave Matthews does a, an incredible cover of Procol Harum's Wider Shade of Pale. Yes. I love that song to begin with, but it's cool to, when you have an artist that you love to hear him do a cover because sometimes when I'm listening to music, I think to myself like, I would love to hear the way he did that song, what his interpretation is. I'm really into covers. My rule on my radio program is that the cover has, to, for me to play it anyway, has to be as good or better than the original, or I'm not going to really play it. Oh, and isn't it hard to be better than the original? It is. I mean, that's yeah. some people have done a huge it. feat, right? Yeah, there are some people that have done it. I don't so want to hold Weezer up on a high shelf, but I'm telling you, their version of Africa is so much cooler than Toto's you know, original. So Weezer is the king of covers. I mean, they, they cover songs very well consistently. They've done a lot of covers and done them well. You I just like that they rocked so. Africa out a little bit. Like, yeah. it was so synthesizer 80s and, you know, fucking Weezer, dunk, 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 like heavy distorted guitars. Like, I can appreciate that. It's pretty close to note for note, but they rocked it out a little more. Yeah. You Brewski, don't dig the ahead. track, Bruce. I'm not, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not a really big Weezer fan. Mm -hmm. um, part okay. of it is a music thing, and part of it is a bad experience with Rivers Cuomo. Um, you have a lot of bad experiences with rock stars. <laughs> they really but, yeah, 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 yeah. When I say bad experience, this, this is what it was. Yeah. I got introduced to him at a club in Boston at TT the Bears place, which is this little club in, in Cambridge, actually. This is when Rivers was going to Harvard. And this is, uh, I got introduced to him by this chick I, uh, I knew from this rock station where I worked. And, and he was just so fucking pussy oh. and he was like hi i'm river nice to meet you and and he had like this dead fish handshake and it was just like 
be your fucking man. Shake my hand. You know, I mean, golly. He's got a bad vibe right off. the. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he's like the kind of guy that, like, you know, is like uh, holding one's, his white girlfriend's purse and, and he's happy to do it. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you, honey. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold uh, your purse. You're you fun. know, I'm like, oh, my geez. That, that's, that was my quote unquote bad experience. It nice. wasn't like bad per se. It was just. I guess unimpressed. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You're like, holy geez. Cause you hear somebody playing a guitar and you think someone's rocking out on a guitar. And when they come in, they, that's your interaction with them. Hey it's dude, I understand it. A firm handshake different. is very important in my life. And I think it should be in your, yours as but was, well, but it was all sweaty. Standard. It was all sweaty and, and Ugh, it was like dead it was fish limp wristed yes. and, and everything. And it's just and funny to it. me that that affects your opinion of his music, <laughs> but I get it. I, no. I, you know, some, some, I've met some musicians that are dicks where like, I've never met him personally, but I know Adam Duritz from the County Crows has a reputation for being an asshole and Stern even called him out. It was like, dude, I love you, but you realize you're a dick when you meet people, right? Now, <laughs> I still love the County Crows, but it takes my opinion of them down a little notch. You know what I mean? Well, I will tell you this. I got Sister Brewski a couple of years, about a year ago, um, a cameo from Adam Duritz and he sang to my sister. Oh, the, so what did it, he sing? He, well, he started saying Becky, 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 and then and he and he had this, and the the cameo was a lot longer than what normal cameos were, okay. and he said, and it was really, really good. I think I still have it. I'll have to send it to you guys, but. I was surprised that it was that good. Maybe well, he's see? got his attitude straight, dude. I mean, maybe, uh, be. maybe he's better off now. Yeah. Well, and it's, people, you know what it is? It's kind of, it's kind of like it's almost it's a, me with Rivers Cuomo is like it's like finding out like a boxer that that protect uh, that like kicks ass in the ring is a complete pussy outside of it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like you have one picture of this guy who's like a hard rocking dude, and then you meet him, and he's just like. Hmm. all meek and mild and you're like what happened you. here you know it's like well, if tony danza you know gave me the limp fish when he shook my hand i'd slap the shit out of him that's oh listen tony fight. danza come on that, i don't know if i think a rivers cuomo is like a hard rocking dude like james hetfield or something <laughs> like, no but but you you hear you hear the the guitars of some of their songs yeah, sure. and you, you just kind of would think that a guy who played that like that would be just a little bit more uh i don't know that just not you. as you know, timid. All right. All right. Nick. Yeah. Take the reins. I'm going to take the reins from you. All right. We'll start out with this uh, song here and uh, tell me Wait, what are we doing? Are you, are, are you, I'm going to play here? a little bit of the original and then I'm going to play the cover. All right. See, and I'm, you see if it meets the mark. All right. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the cover. Is that what we're going for here? Yes. And you can tell me if you like the original track as well. Okay. okay? All right. Make sure my levels are good on this. All right. Yeah. A little music trivia too. That's Shine by Collective Soul. I've never been a huge Collective Soul fan. They're, they're a good rock band that writes friendly rock songs. They're not reinventing the wheel. And Shine was never probably my favorite. Hollywood, I think, is one of my favorite from them. But right. what's the one that that, that uh, BJ uses for his open? Oh, I remember that, but I, I couldn't tell you the name of the song. But okay, so that was September. That was like September. It's called September. That's September. what it is. You're right. Yeah. Very good. So, okay, that was their first big hit. All right. Are you ready? I am. For the cover? Yep. 
Hey, remember, don't talk during this, all right? Or it's not going to play. The audio won't come through. Well, what if I want to cut this off or something? I, do, I just wait for you to tell me when to Give talk. Give me a little hand signal, dude, and I'll take it okay. down, all right? All right, go ahead. What do you think, dude? No, no, thumbs down. Sorry. It's 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 not the right song for that particular person and that particular voice. I mean, I know who it is, obviously. It's unmistakable. But to yeah. me, that's that's not the right song for her to do as a cover. I recognize. Dude, who is it, though? I, I can't. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Oh, OK. I mean, it's so funny her. because, I mean, she treats this real serious. Like she put there's a video for this song and everything. Yeah. Listen, part of our jobs is I, I listen to about 60 seconds of a song and I can tell if it's got the I can tell if I like it. I can tell if it's appropriate for the station or what we're going for or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, that one made me cringe right away. Like that didn't that didn't sit right with me. Even before the vocals, you didn't like the picking and uh, that version of it. No, I'm all I'm all for doing the bluegrass version of whatever or something like uh, what is it? The Gourds that does gin and juice. Gin yes. and juice, yeah. So I, I think it's a great cover. I like that they bluegrassed up gin and juice. Like that's cool. So no, I'm not just vetoing it on that premise. But that that didn't sit right with me. We give it the thumbs down and on to number two, Casey Kasem. Okay, <laughs> you ready? original song you like yeah. that song depeche my own personal jesus i always joke i have one on my dashboard it's a bobblehead and i went into my bank recently the banker was like do you really have a jesus on your dashboard it's <laughs> like oh no, thanks for don't. listening <laughs> fuck no i don't <laughs> this i'd never heard this cover before dude and i uh well i think this is a, i think this is a great cover all right another king of covers your own personal jesus someone to hear your prayers someone who cares your own personal jesus someone to hear your prayers someone who's there I love the man in black golf clap for Johnny cash. Uh, I, love, I love cash's cover album. So yeah, that, and that even before I could hear Johnny sing it, it had a better vibe for me than the, uh, the Dolly Parton thing, but yeah, Johnny, uh, Johnny's thumbs up. So that's cool. Dig it. The, the way he took those strings dude and, and substituted them for the drum beat that, uh, you know, uh, yeah. starts out personal Jesus was uh, awesome. I think yep. it's great. So, Good example of taking it in a different direction, doing your own thing, and clearly Johnny Cash. And that's and you uh, can still tell it's the song, right? Yeah. Yes. That's my favorite kind of cover, too. Yeah. All right. Woke up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I got to get drunk before the day begins, before my mother starts bitching about my friends. Of course we love Easy e right? Absolutely. Is, is that Easy Solo or is that NWA? 
Well, that was technically NWA because if you listen to that track, it starts off with um, with Dre and uh, Ice Cube having a conversation yeah. and calling Easy Over from the piano. Is that straight out of Compton? Is that what that was? No, that, that's 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 a, that's Boys in the Hood, yeah. and it's from it's from the first album, NWA and the Posse. Right, which actually, yep. which was before straight out of Compton. Nice. That's why shit, but hoes and tricks. That also has Dope Man on it, which is a really good song, too. Yeah. No. Cool. Into it. I bailed outside and I pointed my weapon. Just as I thought the fools kept stepping. I jumped in the flow, hit the juice of my rod. I got front and back, side to side. Then I let the Alpine play. I was pumping new shit by NWA. It was gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Then I played my own shit. I went something like this. Cruising down the street in my six foot. Brewski gives it the thumbs down right away. Yeah. What do you it's think? It's a vibe. It's a, it's a vibe thing for me with that with that song. You know. Uh, you want it to be hard. You liked it. It's hard. Yeah, I wanted that, that that it could be it's someone that could be possibly dangerous doing that song that there sounds like it's a bunch of, you know, suburban dudes just kind of rolling around in daddy's Volvo, you know, it's exactly yeah. what it is, dude. Right. I was kind of digging it. I was grooving it. A little bit of that chorus got a little cheesy for me, but uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up. I think it's supposed to be a little cheesy. Right. Who is uh, Who is it's that? A dynamite hack. And it is. I mean, it's just a bunch of frat boys wearing, you know, sweaters and. Sure. You know. Right. Well, I mean, speaking of the clip I was playing. Uh, Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Uh, I love Ben Fold's cover of that song, you know. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's so great, you know. So he, that's a good example. I think the Ben Folds cover of that that song was better than the, the one you just played. But I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up. I mean, it's not like something I'm going to vibe out to. But like if you're at a party or something, it's kind of a cool version of it. We know the original song. Shed a tear because I'm missing you. I'm still alright to smile. I'm doing the snake dance. Girl, I think about <laughs> you every day now. You know, he stole it from Davy Jones. Really? Well, watch watch the old <laughs> videos of, of Davy Jones uh, singing uh, with the monkeys. And he's he's doing that. He's doing that dance back in the 60s. I'm really? Saying, he does the snake? Yeah, he does. He Funny. does. Just watch it. It's, it's amazing. Well, I'm yeah, glad I mean, the monkeys but, could originate something since they weren't a real band. <laughs> you know? But the, the thing about it, though, is, is that obviously Axel being as tall as he is, uh, it, it becomes a little more pronounced when yeah. he's doing it, you know, a little more snaky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's the cover? I mean, if it's what I think it is, then. Shed a tear cause I'm missing you. I'm still alright to smile. Girl, I think about you every day now. I'm touching myself. There was a time when I wasn't sure. Set my mind there ain't no doubt you're in my heart now. I mean, I know exactly who that. I mean, Chris Cornell. Yeah. That might be one of the. That might be one of the cases. I mean, I love Patience, My Guns Rose. I'm not trying to take anything from that, but damn, Cornell doing that song is it's fucking magical. It yeah, really cause you, is because because you know that it's like it's it's from the soul. Like he's he's pulling it out. He's giving all of it for that song, and because he respects the original, that he's putting all of himself into that. Absolutely, he he owned that song. He owned that oh. version. So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, nothing but good things to say about the late great Chris Cornell, obviously. But yeah, no, that's a that's a great cover for sure. And yeah. he is a guy that if he's going to do a cover, I mean, when he did nothing compares to you, it's one of my favorite covers. Yes, that, that was another did. great one he did. Absolutely. And that, by the way, is better than the original, hands down. And I know Prince wrote it for Sinead O'Connor, but um, Cornell doing it is mind-blowing. Yeah. Now, everything's mind-blowing by Cornell, right? Yes. You know, um, there's a great cover, if I may suggest one here. Please. Do you know the, do you know the song Take the Box by Amy Winehouse? Uh, I do not. It's 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 actually, believe it or not, it's, it's a Christmas song. And Amy Winehouse, if you, I mean, if you don't haven't listened to a lot of her music, it's very kind of soulful and and mm. that sort of thing. Sure. And um, Dave Grohl's daughter Violet, yeah, did a cover of it for their Hanukkah sessions because they, yeah. they Dave does the Hanukkah sessions every year uh, where they they do covers of. Um, Jewish artists during Hanukkah and she does this version of take the box by Amy Winehouse and it will blow you away. Listen to them both and it will blow you away. I mean, she has an amazing voice. Both of them. She's really talented. I agree. Yeah. Violet is just the voice on her is out of this world. Right on. I will check check it out. Yeah. Radio fan looks like Amy Winehouse. So, just to show you how I connect everything back. <laughs> so you get you got a one track mind. <laughs> yeah, I got priorities. All right, go, go ahead. What's our what's the next I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. It's hard, dude. I mean, that'd be a hard song to cover, dude, because the original is just so fucking good, right? And it's so yeah. John Cash. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm curious to hear who did what with this one. I'd never heard it, dude. And you're going to have to, I mean, uh, the clip in total is a minute long, and we don't have to go through the whole thing, but listen to it for a little bit to try and catch the vibe. All right. <laughs> What do you think? No, no. I like the Prince House of Pain sample going on in there, but uh, it's Everlast. Oh, is it ever? Okay. Yeah. No, is my uh, no, no, no. It sounded to me like um, Cypress Hill at first with the with the The sampling. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it wasn't House of Pain or. Jump around. Same, same, was, same. I mean, it well, sounds similar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's not embarrassing, but no, I mean it. it I don't, I don't, I don't think it did the song justice. Yeah. No. Uh, it, when you do the or uh, there's a video to that song as well, which I was like, I cannot believe it. Everlast did a cover of this and put a video out, but I, I didn't know people were still making videos. <laughs> it's <laughs> got yeah. him singing basically next to a hologram of johnny cash i mean he's obviously like paying tribute to him but i was just like that's a tough one bro that's treaded on sacred grounds right there yeah yeah i i was not a fan of that whole whitey ford sings the blues album i Mm. i wasn't at all i mean i wasn't the biggest house of pain fan i actually liked his stuff prior to house of pain when he was just everlast and he completely he looked completely different he was like like quaffed hair and like uh, hits yes. a song called I Got the Knack, which yeah. is a really like, like as soon as you hear it, yeah, 
No, it, I'm it, a, I like the Whitey Ford stuff. And uh, one of the KRLT concerts at the Hard Rock we had Everlast, he uh, he opened up for Ice Cube. And um, I dug it. I, I dig his uh, rock and roll bluesy, you know, kind of stuff. But uh, I just think I just think that what it's like song got so overplayed. Well, sure. Yeah. Like so overplayed. That's What's the song problem. that I like? Uh, put your lights down. Yeah. Put your lights on. Put your lights on. Hey, now. Uh, like <laughs> A little stern that. reference there, too. I like that. Right. So, yeah. But no, sorry on the cover. Sorry. Sorry, Whitey Ford. I see trees of green. It used to be a favorite of mine, and this song's just been fucking ruined. Is it 10 a.m. in Tahoe? Is that what we're hearing that song? <laughs> right, yeah. That's it. For Brisky, uh, that's the song that ends the morning show at our radio station. Okay. Yes. So every day at 9.58 a.m., that's always <laughs> on our radio station. And it's kind of wrecked the song a little for us. So I told yeah. Steve uh, one time, you know, because uh, I would like the chance to fuck with our morning guy a little bit, <laughs> that I was going to keep the song and the audio vault at the title and stuff and put a new song in there because he okay. doesn't, you know, preview. And then I, I just haven't done it because I know he'd throw a hissy fit or whatever. But I thought about maybe I could get away with doing it with this cover, right? Okay. I'd love to hear what somebody does with a Louis Armstrong classic. They've been yeah. for this. It almost sounds like the Ramones. That's like the Ramones. Yeah. Interesting. Um a little more rocking version, obviously. Yeah. Listen, what I could what I could glean from it, uh not embarrassing. Like I, I get it. That's, I mean it, it's a good approach to take to the song, uh, but um yeah, that's a hard one to uh to replicate. Yeah, it Definitely. is. I mean it's so classic, right? And I don't yeah. know what's going on with their audio, but you know, whatever. Oh, you had a hard time audio wise hearing it? Yeah, it was garbage yeah. a little bit. Uh, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down on, you know, so I know. And if it's bad, I'll cut it. All right. Okay. Just a couple more. Okay. Jerp, Stones, classic. Perfect. That that's that song is perfect in every way. Right. I agree. Can't hear it. Cuts in and out. Like I can hear the singer, but then it, it fades down when someone's not singing. This audio bothers me, dude. Yeah. You know what? I I, th- I, th- I think it's the whole doing it over Zoom. I think because yeah. it's it's got the two different. It's got the music and then the singer, and then it's it's cutting one out over it the like other. The left right channel, or like canceling each other out, or something. Yeah. So who who was singing that, Nick? Uh, that was a puddle of mud. Huh. Oh, I've heard their cover of that actually. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Um. You know my former bandmates playing on that song. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Boone. Yeah, he was with them when they recorded that album. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's the spoon, so that, spoon right there. That doesn't sound like Wes. Uh, the, the little bit of the vocals that I did here. Can you try you to know? play it again one more time? Oh, 
Yeah. I don't know why, but that played perfectly that time. Um, uh, yeah, I changed the setting. Maybe I'm a little biased. I don't want to rag on Boone or anything, but uh, no, it's I a good cover, good, dude. I mean, it's hard, yeah, it's obviously. Fine. Like uh, Brewski said, uh, the Stones "Give Me Shelter" is perfect in every way, so yeah. it's hard to do a cover of that track. But I think they did justice. They yeah, did absolutely. Justice. I they was, certainly I would didn't surpass it, but that's not embarrassing by any means either. But uh, yeah, no. that's a good cover. They sound good. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul and faith. I was around when she. Obviously, the Stones' "Sympathy for the Devil," another song that I think is perfect in every way. Yeah, these are hard songs to cover. So, Brewski, this is going to get you off. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Are your <laughs> yeah. pants on? Get your rubber sheets out. Yeah. Oh boy, here All we right. go. Here we go. I couldn't figure it out until the end there. That's Lemmy, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right on. I thought that was fantastic, dude. I'd never heard that before. That's three thumbs up all the way. Nice. Yeah, right on. No, I do that. Left, the right, and the one in the middle. That's why, as he was singing, I'm thinking, like, God, I recognize, but I could. But then at the end there, like, oh, that's Lemmy. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right on. Yeah, nice. That's cool. No, I never heard that one before. Uh, Okay. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I yeah. dig Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. Are we, are we going into the obvious one now or what? Obvious one, dude. But this was uh, this is a song that they got permission to do, which I didn't ever know that. I was watching a documentary uh, recently yeah. and uh, heard that they got permission to do this, which that's not, I mean, from someone like Stevie Wonder. Right. It's not just like given. Yes, go ahead, please. No. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Some bands use a cover as their first big hit to get the radio airplay, and then they've got stuff to stand on after that, and that's phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, give, it, give it a play. Great example, right? Yeah. Fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love that version. I I, I I think I love it more than the original. Oh, really? Yeah. Boy, you shut your mouth. Yeah, well, you they know, made that song their own, and it fucking jams. I dig it. It does. Well, I, I, think, I think, you know, what it is, too, is it's 
it's the time and when it's recorded. Because when Stevie did his version, that particular like really kind of funky sound sort of yeah. was what people were listening for. Mm-hmm. And for, and then with the Chili Peppers and that the 90s there, that that's what people were wanting at that time there. So it's giving people what they wanted to hear at the time. Yeah. And they're just done differently, but yeah. both done very well. No, I agree. They're both great songs, but uh, yeah, there's something about the Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground there that's pretty fucking rock on. So, Perfect song for them to do. That's what I was talking about when I'm listening to certain music and I'm like, oh, I would love to hear them do this song. And that was the perfect choice for them, obviously. Yep. Jack your mic back up a notch. You went down a little. Big Tears for Fears fan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah, love that song for sure. Brewski is not digging. Steve is kind of tapping along. What is it? That's uh, that's disturbed, right? Yes. Yeah, the down with the sickness people. Um, I don't know. Like, I kind of dig that, but it, it did sort of cringe me a little bit here and there. But, God, it's that's a hard song to cover. I mean, it's kind of like the puddle of mud. Like, you, you know, that, you, I give you credit. You didn't surpass the original, but you didn't. Sure. I mean, it's not, it's not totally embarrassing, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't pay homage to the original right. song at all. I mean, other than the very quick intro. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and I mean, if, and if it's going to be disturbed doing it, obviously that's what I would expect right. from them. I don't want them to not be true to themselves, but it's just, it's just, I don't think, again, it's the right song for them. Like I said about Dolly doing yeah. the, the, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's why I wanted your opinion, boys. I dig it. Last one. All right. Last one. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches seeds just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man Not bad Is he strong? Listen, bud Obviously the original Spider-Man theme song to the Yes, it is And Brewski, what do you got there? Oh, look at that. Brewski's holding up a uh, DVD box set of Spider-Man, the 67 collection. Oh, yeah. That's that's what this comes from. The, I I watch this very frequently, I should say. Nice. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I, I've had it for a number of years. A friend of I mine got the same up, thing. Yeah, and I, I love this. Absolutely love this. I will tell you, that song is the first one I ever bootlegged. Old school. When I was a little kid, I loved that fucking song so much, I took a tape recorder and held it up to the television and recorded the <laughs> Spider-Man theme song, and I would listen to it over and over and over. And, like, run around the house casting your web or uh, <laughs> playing? Or... No joke. I used to wear a Spider-Man costume under my clothes, and I would run in the laundry room and take off my shirt, and I have a Spider-Man <laughs> costume. And I learned how to shimmy up the door jams of doors and i would yes. like crawl up and yeah so i think i know where you're going with this one but uh, yeah give it a go Spider-Man, Spider-Man, just 
Obviously good, right? The oh, Ramones yeah. covering the Spider-Man theme song. I fucking love that cover. I think they rocked it out in an awesome way. Yeah, and I'll, I'll never say anything bad about the Ramones. I mean, I, a band that I've seen a ton of times. Nice. And 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 I don't know if I if I thought that they did a bad job, I might say it, but right. I can't, but they I can't, did not. They did not at all. Not and at by all. the way, they did that. I don't remember what year that cover came out, but it was way before Spider Man was in the movies and all that stuff. So yeah, that came out. They were famous, wasn't it? That was actually on a whole album of Christmas of um Saturday morning cartoon called Saturday morning cartoons greatest hits. Came out in the early nineties. Okay. Yeah, the, the, uh, there's a whole uh, probably about. 12 13 tracks of it you look it up there's a bunch of fun ones on there and it's all artists of the time doing those cartoon uh theme songs that's nice. cool yeah. Reverend horton he does um the johnny quest theme song and if you know the johnny quest theme song with like the big drums and everything and yeah it, and the rev always brings it and uh that yeah. he did a good job on that but you'll like it no, I dig it. I love that the Ramones were a big enough Spider-Man fan that that's the song they gravitated towards. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when Stan Lee died, I put together a little video montage that had him talking about, yes. you know, you're listening to Nick and Steve, a couple of super zeros, and we'll stop and tell Steve Harness to get out of my garbage already. Yeah, I remember that. And my montage, and I think it was on the bump, the bumper, too, when we originally played, it goes from, you know, Stan Lee into the Ramones doing the Spider-Man cover, and I, I fucking love it. So. Yeah. And having a New York City band do it in spider-man i was yes. being in new york city just yeah. it just works out it just works perfectly just made good sense yep so yeah yeah well thanks for uh playing the cover game with me fellers you're welcome i'll be curious to see how many flags youtube gives us for this but uh let <laughs> you know if we get through the copyright infringements i think yeah. we played short enough that it won't flag too badly but hopefully so hopefully yeah. so all right. And well, if, not, if anything, Spotify is not going to flag us for it. So yeah, exactly. You cool kids listening to the full podcast, you get to hear it all. So, hey, speaking of which, quickly, uh, any new listeners on the map harness oh. worth mentioning? Yes, but no. I, I haven't made notes this week. I have been so fucking overwhelmed this week that yeah. I don't know if you guys even know. I haven't even posted episode twenty, the the video version. I haven't had time to edit it all together yet. So sure. I, I've looked at the map a couple of times this week just to see, you know, people are downloading and whatnot. And I want to say we had somebody new in the New York area again, but uh, no, I haven't been taking my notes like I usually do to share with you all. It's all right. Just wondered. Just yep. uh, yeah, just wondered. And uh, no, there's a new dot in Reno. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting orange quickly. Right. The things I do to get new listeners for you guys. I do. <laughs> selfish bastard. Right. Listen, have fun with everything. Uh, we'll be curious to know how the Saturday date went and uh, hopefully how your breakup or your ending of your dating <laughs> yes. ship goes. Yes. Yes. It's not a breakup. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. Well, yeah, the vocal uh, Find us on all the socials. Send us. And if you've uh, made it three hours into this, we love you for it. Keep sharing us online. Help us keep growing this bad boy. And uh, rest in peace, Lisa Marie Presley. Yes. Oh, yeah. We got some bodies. We gotta, we're going to have to do it next week. We're going to have yeah. 20 more dead celebrities at the pace yeah. of already. So. They're dropping like flies, dude. So it's we'll do weird. it next week. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah. All right. All right. See us online, like Stefan said, thevocalminority.net. And until next time. Peace. Peace. Goodbye. This is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.